This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Sean, and today I am joined by my co-host, Tubby. Tubby, where you at? What's going on, bro? And internet pun celebrity, Mitch Hardy. Mitch, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very tired on this Saturday morning. This is an unusual fucking recording schedule. I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. But that's all right. <laughs> we, we work around what we can do. Listeners, we are back in your motherfucking ears with the Call to Arms recap episode. So we've got myself, we've got Tubbs, and we've got Mitch, who, spoilers, one Call to Arms. That's why he's here. Um, in our efforts to highlight local lads, this is what we're doing. Uh, so it's going to be a tournament recap show. Uh, so we'll kick off quickly with, I'm all over the show, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. Mitch, <laughs> give us an introduction. I was about to ignore you, but give us an introduction, buddy. Who are you? Why do we care about your opinion? Why do we have you on the show? Go. Uh, hey, I'm Mitch. I play Skaven and only Skaven, pretty much. I've been playing Age of Sigma for a couple of years. It's the sort of usual story of I used to play as a kid, then I didn't for a long time. Uh, and then one day I was really bored, so I went and bought the starter set for Age of Sigma. Um, <clears throat> played Skaven under the Mixed Chaos banner about a year and did okay and then the Skaven battle tome came out and started doing better uh yeah and then call to arms last weekend managed to win which was pretty sweet cool so we've established that mitch is an old school Skaven player he's been doing it for a couple of years hasn't just jumped on the bandwagon i can confirm that he's been playing for a few years and coming to tournaments um you had sort of mixed results prior to the battle tome bro and now you're sort of doing um, a lot better as we sort of expected given that you were always, always like a decent play just didn't sort of have the army at hand to, to sort of help you out was that sort of a fair review summary mitch yes absolutely um i didn't change my list too much between pre-battle time and post-battle time it worked out that the stuff i was playing yeah uh, got got good yeah um, you just got sick vermin lords and allegiance abilities and all that shit out yeah, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> Clan, Clan Rat stayed at two hundred points for forty, which which helped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was sort of like it used to be like playing on hard mode all the time, um, just because yeah, right. if I went up against an army with a battle tome, it was I'd have to make zero mistakes to win a game, um, which is, which I think helped me get a lot better at playing the game. One hundred percent, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, it sort of shot off into the stratosphere when the battle tone came out, and I found that if I made a mistake, it wasn't the end of the world, and you could come yep. back from it, which yep. felt real good, and definitely kept me playing Skaven a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, that's like the opposite of how I did it, bro. I jumped on Stormcast not long after AOS came out, and the power creep was just like very, very obvious in hindsight that the army was just a lot better than all these other old world armies that it just had like compendium rules and shit so yeah i don't i know what you mean whereas my success came from 
when I had a better book than everyone else, which is not something to brag about. <laughs> you know, and, and now we have Battletone armies and everyone's sort of getting towards the same level, especially the books from this year. I find it a yeah. bit more. Obviously, Skaven being probably the most or one of the most powerful. So, um, But I just thought it would be important to give context that you were grinding away with Skaven a good year to 18 months before they got their book. So um, you're not a bandwagon arsehole. No, um, definitely not. Awesome. Awesome. Let's just kick off into some listener questions. So we'll go to the old Twitter <coughs> first. Uh, so Tron Hammer. Um, so that's Tim from Hamilton in New Zealand. Check out his blog, Tron Hammer. Oh, and this reminds me. Uh, we, we've had some questions as to why we didn't have James Page, who won Notorious GT on the podcast, because we said we were going to. Uh, he actually did a really good show with Tim, uh, Tron Hammer on Tim's podcast, which is We Lick Brushes. Uh, so they go into sort of their prep for the tournament, what they expected to see, and how their games went, and so on and so forth. And it's actually a really good episode. So if anyone wants to know, much like our last show about the Masters recap, uh, or sorry, talking to the Masters, it's also a really good show. So go check out um, We Lick Brushes, which is in the same, same vein of what we did last time, where they talk about how they prepared for a tournament, what they did what they expected to see and how it went and so on so check that out i'll direct everyone to timmy's podcast uh so timmy said um oh, okay so this is specifically for you mitch said what's his <laughs> team's list going to be and how do we counter it i'm not sure if lee will let me divulge that information uh it's probably going to be the same list to be honest um <laughs> i really like the list it's good solid okay. how do you counter it um you don't. Sean, you did pretty well with three Bloodthirsters when I played you yep. that week before the tournament. Yeah, that stomped me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It killed yeah. kill 120 clan rats and you're golden. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, worries. Play <laughs> <laughs> bone, bone splitters in Penny and Rock is what I hear. Um, yeah, so they probably do, do pretty well. Yeah. So Team Wars is a, um, it's a team event that we have coming up in New Zealand. Uh, Tim's leading the Hamilton team and Mitch is part of the Wellington team. So um, that's that's coming up in a couple of months and that's where the reference for that question comes in. Uh, Jono says, how did you prefer to hit it on agendas, on cards or on a list? Uh, so this is specifically relating back to tournament. Boys, did you care about the hidden agendas being on cards or just on a print-off list where you cross off and write down? Same, same but different, man. Yeah, yeah I actually I quite like the, the list. I thought it was just... One less thing to carry around. It was stapled to the player sheet. It worked quite well. Yep, I I agree. You weren't losing cards. You weren't trying to remember what you did. Um, I I'm pretty indifferent to be honest. It's like tubs. As a TO, I can appreciate that. John was trying to cut down on paper waste and manual labor beforehand. So, yes, John, you do you, bud. I'm not too fast. I'm just happy to play in a tournament. Uh, Liam Anderson says, "Is Fick dead? Half dead? Are they undead?" <laughs> Less scary? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the context of his question is. is are they not as competitive as they once were? Yeah, I think um, the change to the Terror guys is pretty big. And the change to how many command points you can get sort of gives them a little bit of a tickle down, but they're not terrible, but they're not fantastic. I'd, I'd say they're like the same level as Korn. Yeah, I think the command point one is still like is a massive deal for them, and I still think they're going to be like mid-table bullies because... Yeah. You will still go to tournaments and then run up against someone who's got like three or four terror guys 
and in turn three or four or even two when they have enough command points, they're just going to come at you and take off your army and give you the feel bads. But they'll probably get undone by top tier lists, is what I'd say. So I think they're toned down. They're still around, obviously. They can still do well. I mean, Blister Skin still seems to do well with its movement and all its screaming um, little bat dudes. Can't remember what they're called, but yeah. Mitch, you got any comments on Feck? I've only played Feck once. Well, since the battle time came out, I've played Feck once, and that was in Notorious, William. and it was. Yeah, yeah I got stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was, it was over real yeah. real quickly. Um, was that the. I played Tubbs with them. Oh, no, no, keep going. Sorry, go on. I played Tubbs with them a while before the battle time came out, and they were still really good. Um, that might just be Tubbs yeah. is real good. Um, I haven't played them since the GHB FAQ, but on paper it sounds like they just kind of got bumped down a notch, which is probably enough to keep them good, but not stupid. Yeah. I think they're in a good place, man, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think they're a lot less like plug and play now. And hopefully people take Blister Skin instead because yeah. it was better before. Awesome. We'll jump over to Facebook now, uh, which is the Facebook Aegis Sigma New Zealand community <coughs> page, um, as that's where we're based and that's where we're asking questions on. Uh, so Tom, the beautiful man, Tom Hampson says, has there been a noticeable meta shift in competitive, um, in the competitive scene since the release of the latest GHB? Dubs? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, like it's, I don't know. The problem over here is that it costs so much to build an army that if there's like a super meta list that come out of the GHB, probably won't get done until closer yeah. to Masters. Yeah, I'd agree um, with that. I don't think our scene I know is as competitive as the rest of the world. <laughs> and by what I mean by competitive is I don't... No, nah, no way. I'm not saying there's not good players here, because there certainly is good players here. However, there's not a pool of players that like Australia has, or the US might have, or the, U- or the UK certainly has. Um, that are willing to sort of, as soon as a new army drops, buy it, paint it, get it on the table within a week or two, and start taking it to tournaments. You know, we don't have tournaments as regularly. We don't have a bigger tournament scene. So um, I think it's a pretty fair comment to say <clears throat> the New Zealand scene is probably, I don't want to put a time frame on it, but a couple of months behind the global meta and what we're seeing out of like the UK and Australia specifically. So, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a bit too early to tell. Um, Mitch, you got anything to say on that, Brad? Or... Uh, pretty much the same. Yeah, the meta here moves really slowly. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a single book dropping doesn't make too much of a difference. No. We did see a lot more Slanesh. I'd put that one out there. I yeah. think it's the Slanesh army's finally catching up. So, I think there was only two or three, but um, they were both pretty. Both pretty yeah, and there's a couple of fireflies too. I guess well. we could yeah, I think Slanesh and Fireslave not getting FAQ treatment is probably the biggest impact yeah. we've had here. Because then you can build some yeah. abusive lists safely for the next six, seven months or so until they do an FAQ in January, is it? Something like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. after Masters, I think. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be about January. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom's second question, because he's got five of them. <laughs> Have the new terrain rules had much of an impact on the game? Um <laughs> I have actually only played with the new terrain rules once because I've got the Ben Curry scenery dice, and until he releases new scenery dice with all of them, I probably won't use them a whole lot. So that's my answer. I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah. you lazy fuck. Nah. Just write it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like them. I, I think so, they're, they're fine. 
there's the best one seems to be commanding where you get a command point if your general's on it um i think that's just kind of it's not broken it's on the same level as arcane or mystical so and it also means that it balances out so you get less arcane and mystical Mm -hmm. you know yeah um, which i think that's that's the biggest difference um but no they're cool i like them um I think they're a good add-on, all of them. It's been yeah. a lot better than just seeing a train full of fucking arcane or and everyone going on that side. Being like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, oh, cool, my side of the table yeah. is dog shit, and that um, one's great. And then Tom goes on yeah. to say, are the activation wars still an issue, or has a general consensus been formed on how to deal with those? Yeah. Still a cunt. <laughs> still janky. Yeah. Um, and next yeah. question from Tom. How did Notorious Lads... Find their new armies, any changes they'll make in the future or any elements that surprise you by either overperforming or underperforming? Um, I think we'll get into that a bit later, Tom, so stay tuned and we'll answer that question. Uh, then question five, who can stop Machari party? Metric. Probably myself, because I get psyched out. So <laughs> <laughs> I get psyched out really easily. Um, I, was so, I was so stressed uh, all weekend. You were like stressed all weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I can do that again. Yeah. Uh, and then Sam Campbell's made some <laughs> comments to Tom's questions. Uh, not really yeah. asking questions, but talks about having not played tournaments between Notorious and Call to Arms. Um, the list had activated multiple times before enemies did was annoying. Um, and that he needs to go back and have a look at sort of how he builds his list. Uh, Victor says, what would you change in your list? Fankel worth the points? Or is he the rule of cool? Uh, Victor will get into that in a bit later, buddy. Um, Kerry says, Mitch is force at gunpoint to exchange his army for another AOS army equal value and with equal time put into hobby-wise, what does he pick? Yeah, because you pick Skaven on Facebook, so no. You can't pick Skaven, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wanderers. They're cool. Wanderers? Yeah, I mean, they're shit, and they probably don't really exist much longer, but they've always been my second, uh, second go-to in terms of do you like the look of the new ones with the moment? Yeah, I do quite like them actually. Is this um, a Blood Bowl one? I'm a fan, eh? Everyone hates I, them, but I think they're I quite think, cool. No, this is the uh, the Beast Grave. Yeah, that, is that what it's called? I think they look probably look a bit dodgy on screen because they're very like there's a lot of motion going on with the models. It's some like some of the Forge World stuff. Um, you look at it on on the screen and you're like, it looks a bit weird. But then you see it in person and you're like, oh no, I get it now. It's cool. So it seems, I think that's kind of what it's like. And I like the idea of these like Celtic sort of fawns running around the, around the bush, you know. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with them. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just got so many images in my head then when you said running around the bush. Um, anyway, Matt, so Matt's addressing the question to me. He says, <laughs> why hasn't the predicted shooting meter materialized? Seems like the majority of top tier armies would get blown away by a few KO lists. Um, or do the anti-meta shooting list armies have too many hard counters to themselves to be competitively viable? Uh, I think that's sort of a bit of what we said previously, is that it takes a while for the New Zealand scene to invest into an army and get it on the table. Um, I don't know of anyone who's doing KO at the moment. Um, Shooting-wise, I'm one of the few people who seem to play shooting around here. So, well, who else plays shooting? Are you? So, when when I play shooting, it's... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Me, I'll run my me today when I come to your house. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think there's just a bit of a slow grow. And also, shooting lists, they tend to have hard counters, Matt, in all honesty. If they can't win in the first two turns, um, like my Stormcast shooting list could never win in the first two turns. 
uh, it would always be sort of turn three or four. But the KO list could do it in the first two turns, especially if they get a double turn because they have the output. Uh, they tend to suffer from not being able to score objectives very well and being very paper. And with everything being able to activate twice or get across the board relatively quickly, it's always a terrifying sort of aspect taking that sort of list. But anyway. I think the speed of the game impacts that hype yeah. now. Like, we used to see heaps of shooting lists, but the game was way slower. And now it's fucking, like, <coughs> double speed to what it was. Yeah, when there's we also all started. such a poor stigma around so shooting armies as well, which I don't really understand. With. Because, like, people seem to accept that Slanesh is going to not make you fight in your turn. You know, and and then I can go twice off my corner. People are like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, really? I don't yeah. think it is. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Matt's second question is for Mitch. Congrats on winning Court Arms. Do you think your list was as good as it could be? And when will you start playing fluffy narrative armies and go hardcore? Okay. <laughs> I'll never stop being fluffy We'll probably get into player. the list uh, thing later as well, bro. Because a um, lot of this will just cover over and then we'll yeah. just have a four-hour show of the same three talking points otherwise. Uh, Matt says, is NZ ready for when Mitch begins his Doom World yep. meta and has to be recovered from slow playing all his opponents? Mitch? Doom World meta? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Uh, so this came up because there's in the Skaven WhatsApp group the other day, and there's a um, one of the Scry Battalions lets you add three inches to the move of um, any models in the battalion, and that's like the Doom Wheel part. And it just said move, it didn't say normal move. So the question was, can you add that to a charge or a pylon? Uh, which seems a bit broken, but yeah. Uh, but doing wheels are cool, man. That's I really want cool. to. Yeah. They're not super competitive, but they're a lot of fun to play. So there may come a day where I run a three doing wheel army. Tubby, slow play, your response? Uh, I have changed my list. <laughs> Talk cool. about it later. Cool. Um, and then Jono says, why did Tubbs not have a response? Uh, have not. Sorry, let me start again. <laughs> Jono says, who was the TO, why does Tubbs have no respect for the round end times? So, <laughs> you want to address that later, buddy? Okay. <laughs> Sloan says, when will we stop playing Knife to the Heart in yeah, tournaments? We'll that later. Quite like Knife to the Heart, especially when you have higher number of players, because it sort of separates the field. So, yeah, yeah. I know Sloan had a bit of a shitty game with Knife to the Heart, so I'm sorry to hear that, the boys, man. But, um, yeah, I, I quite like it, to be honest. Your guys' thoughts? There's there's definitely real uh, n- stupid negative gameplay ways to play that scenario, which I really don't like. But if if mm-hmm. you play it for the major, Mitch, it's got... actually a really good scenario. Yeah, I think it's good to, good to have different types of scenario in a in a pack. Like you know, duality is a good example of that. Different ways of scoring the objective, um, so it makes you create a list that can yeah, you want some do all those in different your, types of scoring. Um, yeah, so with Knife to the Heart, you've got to be able to get there and get more models on it, and then it's over. Um, and then the second question said, what happened cool. to Fekin like Arsene? Um, I don't really think we ever had Fekin Arsene, to be honest. Like, we had we had four lists at Notorious, was it? Four or five? And one of them... Yeah, but one was from Australia. And yeah, we had hate Notorious. One was and then I think there was one or two local, depending on how many lists turned up. So it wasn't like there was ever... Oh, there was two from Auckland, actually, because Brett ran them too. But yeah. I don't ever think there was rampant Fink in our scene, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah. I think it was just like a one-tournament hot and done, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I agree. It might show up later, uh, Mark but, Williams says, Mitch, yeah. what do you think was your toughest matchup and what army do you think would be the worst to face in the future? Uh, at Call to Arms, probably the toughest matchup was uh, Slanesh. I played Aiden Nicole Slanesh. Um, I went yep. into that thinking I wasn't going to win at all. Uh, in, in the future, probably like, stuff with lots of shooting, like that's quite scary, um, like the Cunning Rock. Or, uh, Sean, your shoot cast has cut my list in half a couple of times. Um, but I think more the like mass shooting, yep. just weight of dice. Uh, and then his next question that, is for myself Will Stormcast ever rise or has Corn killed them? No, I'll definitely play my Stormcast, Mark. Corn uh, was heaps of fun to play, which I'll get into in a bit. But um, my Stormcast will still. Um, I'll still be using them going forward as well. So I'll just probably flip a coin, or depending on how well I want to do, I'll probably take the Stormcast if I'm trying to do better, because I think I know the army better. But yeah, that's that's sort of TBA. I'll definitely be playing both armies going forward. Uh, and then Tubby said, can I have the Bad Moon for my kids when I play you next time? So so Tubby won Twitter for a day. Um, getting, <laughs> of course. Getting over a million likes, which of course <laughs> is an over-exaggeration. Um, but I checked a I checked a picture up on on the old Twitter of him with his with his bad moon, um, which was really cool. Do you want to talk about your bad moon tubs? Uh, yeah, it was a helium balloon which I'd scribbled on the bad moon, and um, I thought it was real funny. It was great before I got there, and I pumped it up, and everyone yeah. was pumped on it, so it was pretty cool. And then it, it won Twitter. Some random dude come up on like day two. Not an AOS player, and he's like, "Did you see the league game designer saw your moon and it's gone everywhere, righty right?" And I was like, "Yeah, apparently." So I don't really have time to look at yeah. Twitter right now, but did, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> did you have a helium pump in your car? <laughs> yeah, man, nice. I bought a whole canister yeah. so when I started dying, another one literally up. <laughs> just a yellow balloon, so helium balloon, um, with a string tied around a rock at the bottom, which hung I don't know two meters above the table, maybe a meter and a half, and you scribbled <laughs> on it. The bad moon and sort of real gumby yeah, writing, which is really fitting for the army, which is awesome. Um, and I put a picture of it up on Twitter and it got like over 100 likes, and a dozen retweets or something. And then Johnson did the exact same and he got fucking more likes and retweets than we did. That being Ben Johnson. So, yeah, so it was definitely around and you might have seen it. Hopefully, you have. If you haven't, go check out my Twitter at, at AOSSean89. Um, and you can have a look at it there if you want to get in on the balloon action. But then apparently a lot of people come out saying, oh, no, I had that idea two months ago. I just never did it and all this sort of shit. Yeah. yeah. I really like uh, Feel free to steal it. I really There's like nothing it. like being <laughs> in a room full of gamers and seeing one dickhead yeah. with a balloon. Yep. All right. <laughs> pretty, so pretty that's all the questions. So we'll get into Call to Arms. So Call to, I'll just give a quick overview of what Call to Arms was. And then we'll let the lads go into... Um, get them to talk about their list a little bit, and we'll go from there. So Call to Arms was a 2,000-point uh, five-round two-day tournament here in Wellington. It's traditionally one of the larger tournaments in New Zealand because it is in Wellington, and Wellington has a huge player base. Uh, and it's run by the Wellington Warlords, which I have some beef with, which I might get to later on the show if I can be fucked. Um, it's nothing good. Uh, it was run by Jono Enzor and Matt Watkinson, so thank you lads for running that tournament. I hope it went smoothly for you. I've got nothing but good feedback, so don't stress. Um, pretty standard. There was no round rules, which was awesome because it was one less thing to worry about. 
Um, it was like a major win. Was obviously the first tie break. Your points, uh, secondaries as well, counted towards your total victory points. Then went strength of schedule, and then it went kill points. I believe was the tiebreaker. So strength of schedule, then kill points, um, and your secondaries. Well, we have so many vic- tournament points or VPs, whatever you want to call them, and they contributed to your overall score with your wins. Um, anything else to say, guys, about the tournament? There were some painting points. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, pretty yeah. standard for. I don't know whether we ignored the GW setup, ter- terrain, like scenery, fucking deployment, whatever it is. Pretty good. Um, yeah, because that's the shit. But other than like your faction specific yeah, terrain, shit. obviously that was that's still you know you abide by those rules. But however, the other stuff like you put pieces here and they have to be blah blah blah. Yeah, fuck that noise. Um, no realms. I think mercenaries were allowed, but I don't think anyone took them. Yeah, I I don't know. So we played. Starstrike, duality of death, shifting objectives, knife to the heart, and focal point. Uh, so that was, and they're all the 2019 versions as well. So they're all new versions. Mission wise, what do you guys think? You happy with the mission selection? Yeah, they were all skewed, but they were mm-hmm. good. Like, I think they were real skewed in the way of mobility. Um, duality, like Starstrike, shifting. What else did we have? Duality, yeah. not too much. Focal, yeah. Like just those three, like I think you really needed yep. a teleport Agreed. or something that could move really quickly, like plan rats or eels, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, and so you can see in the yep. top, the yep. top list that, that did well. To add about the missions? Have high mobility. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good how they all of them were. You yeah, played yeah. standing at the long edge of the table, so it just made things easier. I think that was probably very deliberate on the parts of the TO. So they went into the two islands. tables they next, were two right tables next to each other, next to each other that formed um, an island. Yep. Playing um, horizontally instead of vertically, I guess, or vice versa, depending on how you're looking at the table, would have been a fucking nightmare. Uh-huh. Playing long ways would have sucked. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> two tables was good, yeah, though. You yeah. didn't have to and, walk but there was just no space, to get around the other side of the table. Yeah. So oh, nice. because, yeah, that's my gripe. Well, that's one of my gripes with Warlords. Nah, that that's just the event. Don't do a very good job. Um, all right, we will move on to lists. And guys, I am sitting on a shit, so I really got to go poo. I'm <laughs> reaching my ass in the hurt, so I've just taken a note. But 27 minutes, I've had two coffees. It's too early. I got to go dumb. So take five or whatever. All right, so now we'll go into what lists we took to call to arms and um, what they did or how they tried to go anyway, what the idea was, and so on and so forth. So I was playing my gits, obviously. Wait. Um, and I was playing a primarily, I don't know, horde army with a lot of range threat, and most of it was um, most of it was magic. So I had two fun guys, uh, one with the Great Green Spite, one with Itchy Nuisance. I had Scragger up with Hand of Gork. I had a Web Spinner Shaman on foot with a Sneaky Distraction, and a Lugos with the Spiteful Prodder. Um, so. That's seven spells on the spike turn and five five normally. Um, I found it to not be enough, which seems crazy. Um, the turns that I had seven spells, I feel like that's what I need. Um, so I've changed my list a bit up after the event, but um, yeah, as wild as it is, like five spells wasn't even close to enough. Like seven was the bare minimum, I think. Um, 
And then I had 40 shooters, 40 shooters, 20 shooters, 20 shooters. Um, now, they were mint all weekend. Uh, it just sunk so much of my time. That's a, like a big issue there is that I have so many bodies. My hero phase takes ages. My shooting phase takes ages. And then if some dickhead goes and puts me in combat, it's just like, oh, this is going to take a long time. Um, and then I have two units of five Spore Splatter Fanatics. Um, so they're back there keeping my heroes safe and buffing the shooters in combat. Uh, then I had six Rock Gut Trogos. Uh, so they were mint all weekend, actually. Um, the shooting attack is really handy. Just a guaranteed D3 mortal wounds that is at like 18 to 24 inch street range. Um, was really nice. They can safely just sort of sit behind the grots and throw it in like a counter punch because they are not really going to go out and be too aggressive because uh, they're too slow. But uh, yeah, they, they, they did me great all weekend. The one thing I noticed is that you really have to put the reroll ones to hit on them because it's not a lot of attacks, but it's massive damage output um, that it can be quite swingy. Uh, but when they go off, they go off and they can really take a punch with the good the good damage save. What is the stat line on them, bro? Because I don't uh, think a lot of people know. I don't know, but I, yeah. Yeah, man. So um, they're a six inch move, which is their, their biggest downside. Um, they are two attacks apiece, so it's 12 attacks in the unit. Threes and threes, neg two, damage three. Uh, they've got two inch reach as well, so they can smack over top of the shooters or get get all the get all the trolls in as well. Um, the other big bonus to them is that they have a five up save base and then they have a five up damage save as well. Um, so really handy at taking on monsters is great or uh, just a whole bunch of like no rend attacks. Uh, they do really well there as well. And then they've got a 12 inch shooting attack. Um, but it's not actually a shooting attack, it's just an ability so they can run and do it uh, which means they've got you know, up to 24 inches of threat on that. So it's D3 Mortal Wounds, which is um, is just solid and reliable and really good at throwing at heroes because there's, there's no roll. You just take D3. Yeah, you're just sniping heroes there, bro. Like those little five-wound heroes. Yeah, it's a great way to clean up after my hero phase is um, the trolls just throwing a rock at someone's hero. Uh, and then I had Gemnids, I had the Moon, I had Quicksilver Swords, and I had Scuttletide. And I was 50 points down. Um, purely because of the scenarios we're playing um, because a lot of them were mobility focused I didn't like the idea of hugging the shrine the whole game uh, like the whole you know whole deployment uh, so 50 points let me put the web spinner and a unit of grots off to the side uh, so they could sort of claim a side objective which without having a hand to gawk onto it um, but yeah the the whole idea of the list is uh, I'm most of the time I'm going to give them first turn, which is totally fine. Um, means I'm going to score max objectives, and they're probably not going to score them all back since I have 120 grots that I just spew onto the board uh, and chuck out as many endless spells as I can and, and bomb out there. So over the course of the weekend, I didn't really lose my heroes at all. Um, the threat range on most of them is 24 inches. So it's it's well out of other people's magic damage ranges. Um, shooting, if they want to shoot them, they're probably better off shooting the, 
the grots anyway because that's what's winning me the games. Um, but yeah, they just sat in the back and just dick old spells everywhere, which was um, just mint. But uh, I, I will talk about it now so that I don't have to talk about it game to game. But um, the biggest issue with the list, man, is it just it took too long to play. <clears throat> I was finishing my games, but I was finishing them like, you know, five it's minutes around before the end it. of the round. Yeah, like. Yeah, or in some cases after. Yeah, like shout out to Jono. Jono's <laughs> <laughs> like Tubbs, you have ten seconds. I'm like, I know Jono, but um, yeah, I finished three games to five, um, and then two to the end of four. So, like, it, it was finishing, but I wasn't enjoying taking up so much of the time for the round because a hundred percent I took up like way too much time. Of, of of the games um and a lot of it was like uh in my hero phase my hero phase takes ages or my shooting phase and my opponent's just sort of sitting there like cool taking models off taking models off uh yeah it's not very interactive nah, is it? like when i played sloan man i finished my hero phase and he was like cool priority and i was like nah bro like that's just my pro <laughs> just my hero phase man <laughs> like there is so much shit that goes on <laughs> um, so yeah what I need to do going forwards is I need to chop down um, some grots I think so I think I'm going to go four, uh, four units of 20 um, I'm going to kick the fanatics purely because if the grots aren't in combat it's going to save me a lot of time um, and I'm chucking in some more spells so I'm going to chuck in a, a Ragnarok on spider so that takes me to 7 spells base and 9 on the spike uh, and then I think I'm going to put in another unit of trolls um, just for I don't know, a quick unit to use that's got good damage output that gets me um, some, you know, good wound sinks uh, that, are, that are quite hard to shift. So I haven't tried it yet, but we're going to give it a whirl. Because um, the magic was the funnest part of the list, or has always been the funnest part of the list. So I'm just going to go further in that direction than in the horde direction because um i don't i don't really want to i really enjoyed playing the army but i didn't enjoy seeing the look on my opponent's face and he's like man we're gonna push for time and i was like yeah i know we are like sorry <laughs> sorry bro yeah so a good list but you care a bit more about the experience than um and also the stress of playing with the list that takes that long as well is not overly great um you know normally between rounds we catch up and have a yarn or even after games and have a shit talk, but I don't think you got nah, any man, of that. I missed out on all of that. Last week yeah, and it, it kind of sucked. Like, yeah. yeah, I I just had no time between the rounds and between the games, which was, which was lame. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, bro. Um, I'll go into my list. So it was a, a corn list. It was a Reaper of Vengeance <laughs> list. So that's a whole um, attack twice with one of the blood faces essentially for a command point. Um, so I had a I had Torrents and I had Gore Pilgrims, so I had a Bloodfester of Unfettered Fury, which is a pile in six inches. Bloodfester um, makes everyone else pile in, well, demons pile in with six inches if they're holy from 16, which is great because it works around the activation wars, um, which is awesome. I'll get, I'll get to it later in my game against Bo. Um, and he had the Armor of Scorn, which is the four up ignore damage from magic and six up ignore damage. Um, essentially, I talked to Tubby about this one and the rationale is that it gives you 16 wounds against normal damage attacks and then more against magic. I didn't really play a lot of magic, so it didn't really come into effect. And I didn't roll a whole lot of six-ups, to be fair. So um, it was okay. It wasn't 
wasn't great. I don't know if I'd change it going forward, but it is what it is. Then I had a Bloodfirst of Rage, uh, which had the Skull Shard Mantle, which is the top ignore magic. So he's just a big raid, the D-firster, I call him. Um, bit of a 40k term there. He's the one who explodes and does mortals and has D6 damage and shit. He was pretty cool. I had Scarbrand, which is awesome the whole weekend. He just did fucking great. Uh, then I had a Blood Secreter with an Ave Quartz Brooch, because I had uh, two battalions, so I get three artifacts. Uh, he's there just to give extra attacks to everyone. Uh, I got Slaughter Priest and two Slaughter Priests, one with Bronze Flesh, one with Killing Frenzy. Might change up that combo, but we'll get it into it later. Uh, then we've got Gore Pilgrims, we've got five Blood Warriors, ten Reavers, ten Reavers, and then I had 140 points left, so I got uh, two units of ten Reavers. I had the Wrath Axe as well, which was sick when it worked, and I had Hex Gorgeous Skulls, which was pretty irrelevant, because I didn't play a lot of Magic over the weekend. Um, and I'm 2k, I'm four drops, um, I'm two extra command points because of the battalions, and my list is very command point hungry. Essentially what it does is it wants the Blood Firsters to pile an attack twice, and it wants to control when you attack in combat with the six-inch pylon. It means I can, I can run blood firsters up, go into the combat phase, start a combat phase, gets ignored because no one's in combat, and then I'll pile one in six inches, and he'll attack, and then he'll attack again. Um, stop moving around, Mitch. It's annoying. So <laughs> 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 that, so that's essentially right. how the list works. Is I want people to, I want my blood firsters to fight twice, and I want them to activate from a good range away so i like if i come up against lanesh then i just ignore his shit because i can pile into the keeper afterwards um same against iron f all that sort of shit so it worked it worked pretty pretty well when it worked and other times it didn't work so well but that was more of me playing it than the list itself um we'll get into changes at the end i don't think there's really anything to go over other than scarborough just deletes units <laughs> it's not very interactive but it's fun on my end yeah, and, and and that was the list. Uh Mitch, your list, bro. What is it? What does it do? Uh cool. My list is Skaven Tide, obviously. I've got for my general, I've got a Vermin Lord Warbringer. He's got the command trait Brutal Fury, which once per game, uh for one combat phase you can give him plus three attacks on both of his melee weapons. Uh and the artifact Things Bane, which uh Gives plus one damage to one of his melee weapons. And I've got two Screaming Bells. One's got uh, the spell Death Frenzy, and one's got the spell Skittle Leap. I've got Thankwall on Bone Ripper, who's loaded out with four of the Warp Fire projectors. And he's got the spell Warp Gale. I've got three blocks of 40 Clan Rats with Rusty Blades. And then I've got 40 Plague Monks. That comes out at 3,000 points. Uh, 211 <laughs> wounds. You guys are no fun. Yeah. So, basically, I'll just go through each thing, how it works. Uh, the Warbringer, he's the boss. He's the verminous uh, vermin lord, um, like associated with like clan rats and storm vermin and stuff. He is, yeah, he's, he's pretty much a monster in combat when you beef him up for that once-per-game thing. Uh, so it's Doomglaive. Normally does six attacks, but you can boost it up to nine, doing D3 plus one damage because of the artifact. His Spike Fist normally has one attack, but you can boost it to four for that one. And any sixes to wound do damage oh, yeah. six um, at round two, which is pretty nasty. He, his command ability is because uh, himself or any unit of clan rats within 13 inches 
any verminous units, but minor just clan rats. Uh, reroll ones to hit and wound, which is fantastic. Um, his he has a built-in ability that if he's got thirteen or more friendly Skaven models within thirteen inches, he rerolls all wounds. Um, the bells are there for battle shock immunity primarily. Um, if you have a, a unit holy a Skaven unit holy within thirteen of the bell, it doesn't have to take battle shock. Um, the way they work is every start of every hero phase, you roll two dice to ring the bell. And then a bunch of other stuff can, can happen. Oh, what? Uh, if you're level 12, you get a free Vermin Lord, which didn't actually happen all tournament. But that's fine, because, yeah, I've only had it happen twice, and that was the two games before the tournament on the first ring of the bell as well, which is, you know. Uh, but really, what I, th- I reckon the best result you can get with the bell is a 10 or 11. What that does is gives a neg one to hit bubble for enemy unit volley within range. The full health, that range is 26. So if you get that, basically anything that's in combat with you, the, the bells are always going to be around your clan rats, and they're always going to be close to the action. Uh, and neg one to hit on any unit that's in combat with you is massive. And then if something's striking the bell, the bells get lookouts uh, in combat because that's a Skaven Tidal Legions. Um, so the bell, at that point, the bells become negative two to hit. Um, they can also do like it's plus one to cast or do some mortal wounds and stuff, which is <laughs> but, nice. But really, they're there for the battle shock immunity. Real. Um, thank. Yeah, they they're amazing. All my also all my wizards are two casts and two unbinds, so I had eight casts and eight unbinds, um, which I didn't end up using all of them one time. Uh, Thankwall is just there to delete hordes. He's so good. I love Thankwall. Um, Warp Gale's a good spell. Um, I didn't end up using it that much. Thankwall just went in and he just helps out a lot. He does a lot of heavy lifting. Just going back to that um, one fellow's question earlier about is Thankwall worth the points or is he rule of cool? I think both. I think I've talked to you both about it before. Thankwall at 400 points seems about just right. He's not broken. Um, I don't use everything on his war scroll, like his command ability or his spell I never really use. Um, But he just goes in and rolls four dice for every model within eight inches in a target unit. Yeah, he's a massive friend, and he holds objectives super well, especially against, like, horde armies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, And even if, like, if... You're not against a horde army or something. He's a good distraction as well because people are scared of him, rightly so. Yeah. Well, um, if you have two wounds, like if yeah. you're shooting someone with two wounds, you should kill the whole unit. And yeah. They have no mortal wound save, you know. So it doesn't matter if it's stormcast or if it's fucking crots. Yeah. You should just help anybody that you look at. I think for the whole tournament, he didn't actually kill any units outright on his own. He was mainly. Shooting into units with multiple wounds, or multiple wounds and a mortal wound save. Um, yeah, and people were pretty good. Once I told them what to do, a lot of people were pretty good at keeping the majority of their models in the unit out of range of them. Um, and then we, yeah, so going into the units, we've got 120 clan rats with rusty blades. Clan rats are just they're my favourite unit in the game. Um, blades over spears because they hit on threes rather than fours. 
uh, and the at full full strength that goes down to fours rather than fives. Um, they get plus two to run and they can retreat and charge, so they just zoom around pretty much. Um, yeah. Forty plague monks are just yeah, plague monks are amazing. Um, <laughs> so the way the, the way the list works is I've got two two death frenzy spells. Uh, one's death frenzy and one's dreaded death frenzy. So they can stack. Um, so the dreaded death frenzy is from the warbringer. He can cast his on heroes and it, on D three units. The regular one is from one of the screaming bells, which is not on heroes and just on one unit. Um, so I don't rely on the death frenzy because it's a spell and you can, it's hard to rely on spells. But if I get it, it makes, definitely makes a difference. Um, so sometimes if I can, I'll put double Death Frenzy on the Plague Monks, which means that every time one of the models dies, it'll pile in an attack and then pile in an attack again before it's removed. Um, quite often you don't really need that. Um, one's enough, especially on Plague Monks. <laughs> but it also works really well putting it on like the Warbringer himself. Um, it makes people not want to touch him because you put him in and pump him up so he's, you know, He's doing big, big damage, and then say, "Oh, if you kill him, he'll do that again," uh, and that kind of diverts stuff away from him. Uh, and death frenzy on clan rats is great as well, because just getting a few extra, couple of extra hits in here and there can really make a difference. Um, the way I wrote the list, I kind of wanted everything has a purpose, and everything works to complement something else. Um, so, like. The biggest synergy is between the Vermin Lord and the Clan Rats. They just help each other out. They're both better by being around each other. Having that many Clan Rats to push the bells around, because you've got to have models nearby for the bells to move. Um, so even if have got half my army killed, I've probably still got enough models to, to move the bell. Um, the Plague Monks benefit greatly from Death Frenzy and from being within range of a bell to not have to take Battle Shock. Fangcall is kind of autonomous. He can go off and do his own thing, um, but he's great for like a plus two to cast Mystic Shield or something like that, um, you know. Um, so combat's the biggest phase of your your army, eh? Because your hero your hero phase, you've got a lot of spells, but uh, movement's nothing... the biggest phase, I think. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean like ones where you're interacting and and rolling yep. rolling lots of dice be combat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shooting, you've got a little bit from Thankwell, and Hero Phase, you've got a lot of spells, but nothing like overpowering. The thing that takes, right? yeah, pretty much. The thing that takes the longest in the Hero Phase is if the bells do like a mortal wound uh, yeah. bubble damage, so then you have to roll for each unit within 26 inches. Uh, that takes the longest. And then it's just a few spells, and most of those death frenzy. I didn't use Skittle Leap once. I, I did use it once, but then I didn't actually need to, so I might change that, but we'll get into that later. Uh, and then, yeah, shooting phase, rolling lots of dice for Thankwell. That can take a while, but it's not too bad. Um, it's only one, but, one guy. Yeah, but you can get, like, 40-plus dice on it pretty easily. Um, yeah. yeah, movement's pretty... That's, deployment's the, the longest part of the game, but movement takes a while for the first couple of turns, and then it ends up being pretty quick. Um, Combat with the plague monks is what takes that takes a while, but I've done that oh, quite yeah. a lot, so I think I've gotten pretty speedy at, at doing it. Um, it's because of the you can have four different outcomes from their attacks. 
and then if they pile in an attack when they die, you're doing it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think but you I just gotta like trust your opponent at that point. Like if you're trying to sit on top of everything they're doing with Plague Monks, you guys aren't gonna fucking finish the game if you've got a couple <laughs> units. Yeah, and they're great, so you could easily put another forty plague monks in a list like this, but I don't really yeah. want to do that. Um forty's enough. Uh, yeah, that's that's the list. Is there any no, no, we'll just get it? into it as we go through games where you can sort of tell us how it worked or or not, um, and go from there, really. So I'll just so, go through my day one games, uh, hopefully pretty quickly, um, as they're all pretty straightforward. So I first game was Star Trek, and I played Seamus, a young lad in the scene who's running Grand Host and Nagash. Uh, he did have Nagash himself, um, and mainly a Nighthorn army, Chainrass and Knight of Shrouds and so on. I'm not going to go into it too much. Uh, so Starstrike, so uh, we roll off, we pick sides. We had a massive piece of arcane scenery, which stretched like the whole length of the board. Essentially, it was like old fantasy castle walls that went from one end of the board to the other um, in a, what would you say, in a width, oh no, sorry, in a length. And it, it was along the four by four side. Yeah, whatever, whatever that side was. At the end of the board, uh, and Seamus putting a gash right next to it, which I thought was a bit um, curious given the mission and where the stars can drop. And the first turn, really nothing happened. Second turn, one drops in the middle sort of towards where he deployed his army, said it was good. Um, and the way sort of I play my game is I'm rushing to get three blood type points. Because at three blood type points, I can make a unit move in the hero phase as a normal move. So what that effectively does is it gives Scarbrand a 28-inch threat range because he moves eight in the hero, then he moves eight again in the movement phase, and I can auto-run him six if I don't roll it, and then I can pile him in six inches away. So there was two cool... But I won the game in short, but I'll talk about two cool parts of this game. Um, one, I told him Scarbrand was going to kill Nagash, so I launched Scarbrand 28 inches across the board towards Nagash. I measured it at the start of the turn. Scarbrand has a two-inch reach. I um, I measured it out. He could get into combat. However, he did have a unit of chain rust in front of Scarbrand, which I didn't really count for, um, because when I piled him in, I piled him in real lazy and wasn't very precise about it and actually piled him in out of range of Nagash. So Scarbrand had to kill 20 chain rust before he struck on Nagash. Then he swung at Nagash, um, and he did 15 wounds to Nagash. Um, I did 24 mortals to him with his mortal attack, and Seamus <laughs> saved... 14 of those mortals and he bounced seven mortal wounds back at me um so he only took 10 mortal wounds and then five wounds from his regular damage and then nagash just swatted him with like other kanash or whatever the fucking stuff is called um that was in turn three the, the other stars dropped um one in the middle which was contested throughout the game and then one was on like the opposite end of where seamus was where i had 10 reavers um and and that was really it i had spread out the board better than seamus and then he had um, pretty much overloaded one side, hugging the arcane for his army, and then, I guess, hoping that the stars dropped on his side. Um, I ran away with it in the end. Uh, the other cool thing that happened in this game is that he had a bunch of Chainrust hordes left, because I was aware that I was trying not to kill whole units, because he would just bring them back. And um, I charged my D-Firster into a couple of heroes and chain gas and about three units of Chainrust. It had about four guys left in it in each unit. And I rolled up the D-Firster attacks and I rolled three sixes on the wound. So it exploded. I did 12 mortal wounds, everything in eight, which just literally killed about 
two thirds of his army in one combat. Um, and I landed up tabling him. He charged Nagash into the Rage Fist, and Nagash whiffed because he had one wound left, and then the Rage Fist took him off. So um, it was a pretty big win on my end. And it was a close game until about turn four, when the D first went off, and then I just ran away from him points. I don't even know what the points were in the end, but it was, it was re- relevant. Uh, second game, I played Andrew with his Daughters of Cain uh, list on Duality of Death. I thought this was going to be my worst matchup playing duality of death because of the way i have to split my army and i sort of want my battle line to die to um generate blood tithe but essentially i won this game off the table i won it in andrew's head i overloaded one side of the board why are you laughing <laughs> the dude, he does the dude stresses does. out so much it- i didn't get into like i wasn't trying to game him up but i he had a plan and i threw him off immediately and i think that sort of he couldn't you know he got a he got a punch to the chin and he couldn't recover um i pretty much stacked my army on one side of the board and i i'll drop him because i'm four drops but i was just doing it bit by bit and then i made it sure i had the first turn um so put Almost all my army on one side of the board, and then on the other side, I put my Rage Firster and two units of 10 Reavers. And opposite that side, he had like 10 Sisters and a Hag Queen or a Sorceress or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, so Andrew's list quickly had a Cauldron, Slaughter Queen and Cauldron, Medusa, Hag Queen, Hag Queen, Sorceress, 30 Sisters of Slaughter, 10 Witch Elves, 10 Witch Elves, 10 Blood Sisters, sorry, 20 Blood Sisters, the Snakes, um, and then two units of five Canary Heartrenders. And I went first, which Andrew definitely wasn't expecting because I figured I had to score as many points as I could as early as I could because he would just roll over me. And I pushed some guys into the middle of the board on the heavy overloaded side, and then I um, pushed some Blood Reavers onto the other side. Um, then Andrew went next, and he, I think I had like 10 Blood Reavers scoring both objectives, and then he rolled 30 Slisters over the Blood Reavers on the overloaded side. And um, they just took him off, obviously. And then on the other side with the Rage Firster, uh, his 10 Witches went into my Reavers, my 10 Reavers, and totally whiffed. I think he killed like four of them. And I command pointed them to stay around because they were still scoring. And I was thinking, well, shit, I'm still scoring, so I'm going to try to keep him around. Um, I was just looking for early points at the start of the game, but they turned out to be the MVP of this game. Those fucking five Blood Reavers. Uh, I won the priority. I put Scarbrand into his 30 block of Sisters of Slaughter, and Scarbrand went twice and deleted the unit. Didn't realize that he had some sort of martyr's sacrifice on them, so when they die, they like do mortal wounds on me on fives or some shit. And Scarbrand took 12 mortal wounds in return. Um, but what it meant is that I scored both sides. So I scored max points both turns. Um, sorry, I scored one side max points both turns, and then the overloaded side. Um, I scored both turns, but not mixed points because we alternated um, who controlled it. And then he rinsed over Scarbrand with his Blood Sisters, which was good for me because they're not a battle line unit, so they don't actually score the objective. So Andrew wasn't able to score the objective that turn, and he'd pretty much lost the other side completely. He'd lost the flank. Um, and I was, I think I was sort of like 5 1 up at this point. I think Andrew won a double turn and sort of pulled it back. Um, but then I won a double turn and sort of equalized. I think the end score was, I don't know, I think it was like 11 to 7 to me. Uh, but I scored early. And by the time Andrew realized what he had to do, he 
it was too late. He ran out of turns. Uh, the Blood Sisters were annoying for him. Why they destroyed everything they touched. Their bases are too big, and he couldn't get heroes or battle line units onto the objectives to score them because he had 20 of them. Um, and that's more or less how the game went. He made a late push on the other side, which I was scoring continuously, and he got some witch elves into there, and my rage first went in and whiffed. But then, um, but then I was able to score the other objective again because he ran the, the Blood Sisters away. So um, Andrew wasn't expecting me to go first, and he essentially like shat the bed um, in the nicest possible way when I went first, and he said his game plan was pretty well thrown off at that point. Um, so he wasn't able to be as reactive as he could be. It was a good game. It was tight, but um, I was able to pull away with a major win on that one. He pretty much tabled me, however. Um, but I won the objectives, and I won all but one priority, I think, which is good, because you want to score early and often in that mission, I find. Because by, by turn three, I had like nine points, yeah. and he had two, I think it was. And that really, really stresses your opponents out in those sort of missions, because he has to do shit to get back in it. I just have to stand there and survive with my one wound, six up save, Blood Reavers, <laughs> which was incredible. Uh, and then... Oh, and I got my secondaries in all of my games, so that's why I'm not talking about them. So every game, I got my secondaries. Uh, and then in my round three, we were playing shifting objectives, and I got possibly one of the worst matchups. I got Sloan, uh, Sloan Paints, uh, famously on the Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Sloan was running Fire Slayers, which is a fucking scary list, and all three of us played Sloan, so we'll be interested to see what you guys say. Uh, he's got Hymda, uh, so he's got the or a Grun Father of Magma Droth. He's got an Aura Grun Master. He's got a Rune Smiter and he's got a Battlesmith. And then the real crux of the list is the 30 unit of Hearthguard Berserkers with Poleaxes, which do mortals on sixes, two mortal wounds to hit on sixes, as well as additional damage. And then he also has the four up after save and he gives them like a three up or a two up base save as well with all the buffs. He's got another unit of uh, 20 Volkite Berserkers, and then he's got a 10 unit Volkite Berserkers, and he's got 5 Auric Path Guard just for some shooting, and he's got Lords of the Lodge. So Sloan is also 4 drops as well. Uh, playing shifting objectives, I won the roll-off, so I was going to get to pick who went first, and really my plan was to run up the board and score 5 points in the first turn, and then um, draw him out of the board, because he moves rather slow. He does have one tunneling unit. Um, but I knew it wasn't going to be the 30 Berserkers, which is good. And hopefully I'd score four, five points and then win priority turn. And the plan was to pincer both his edges, so go out wide, um, collapse the objectives on the outer sides, control both of those, and then sort of come in and make a pincer move in towards his half halfguard, which were in the middle objective. So Sloan deployed um, 20 underground, he put 10 on the right side, and then he put 30 in the middle. So he pretty much just said the middle's mine. And I knew if Sloan got on the objectives, I couldn't take them off him immediately. Uh, so I ran up, I scored all five objectives. I absolutely whiffed on one of my Blood Reaver rolls. I rolled a one, and there was no hero nearby to make him run further, because they ran onto the side where there was no bodies, and I knew he was going to tunnel a unit up. So what it actually meant is that I only got two guys just in scoring range of that objective. So it means he could literally just tunnel up nine inches away and score the objective immediately, which was uh, pretty annoying because I was hoping to sort of zone him out, but that was poor play on my part. I scored five points, Sloan went, and then he just walked up the board, scored five points. Um, I won priority in, in every turn of this game. Um, I took out the right flank as planned with Scarbrand, and then the left flank was just lost. I was sending a Rage Fester over to deal with that left flank, but for some reason I got stupid and 
got baited into putting the Rage Fester into the middle unit, the 30 block of Berserkers. And I put Scarbrand in in the same turn, so I was attacking on both ends, so I was fucking up his piling in. But that unit just doesn't die. It just really, really doesn't die. Um, so it was even for, I think, about two or three turns, because I had the, I was controlling one objective, no Rose. He was controlling the middle and the left objective. And I had the primary objective on my side for, I think, one turn, which kept me in the game relatively close. But then the remainder of the game, the primary objective went to either the middle or either to the left side, which I did not control. Um, his 30 block just removed Scarbrand and the Rage Fester and my Fury Fester. Um, so then I just started playing for my secondary after about turn three, which was to keep a guy alive with an artifact. So I started running my banner away from his army. He was getting quite annoyed because he thought I was being a dick, but really I was just trying to get my secondary. Um, and Sloan just, I couldn't move the army. I killed maybe a thousand kill points. I think I killed a couple of his heroes, the unit of 10 berserkers, the half, the five half guard, uh, the unit of 30 half guard. I think I got down to half, even with Scarbrand going in, but fuck Sloan rolls like four up saves like a boss. Uh, and they're immune to Battleshock, so I just could not move that unit. So I had a plan. I somewhat shit the bed on the plan because I didn't follow it. And uh, Sloan just like won the game by essentially getting on the objectives and me not being able to kill him. So it was a good game, but fuck, I knew it was going to be a hard game. I knew it was going to be needing all sorts of luck. I won every priority, as I said, which was some of the luck. But my god, I just could not kill that 30 unit of Berserkers. Um, yeah, who wants to go next? Uh, I can read off if you like. Um, so round one, I had a grudge. I grudged Rohan, who was playing Grizzle Gore. Um, so he had standard Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, uh, Spear Terrorgeist, and he had 80 ghouls in an Arch Regent, um, a Vargulf, and a Crypt Gas Courtier. So the Terrorgeist wasn't so worried about, but the ghouls are more of an issue. Um, because they're obviously really hard to take the whole unit off the board at once, uh, which is something that my army struggles to do. Um, and they also have a lot of damage output, a lot of attacks, so it's it's a little bit scary. Um, he took first turn, which was surprising, um, yeeted his Terrorgeist into me, and then sort of killed 20 grots, doesn't matter. Um, the other one didn't make it in, which was a bit of a biggie. Got a summon off and got that charge, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the, the the key point of the game there. That He threw his Terror Geist up. I took both of them off in my first turn um, and then outscored them, basically. I didn't kill any of the ghouls. They were pretty much all on the table by the end of the game. Um, but yeah, without the Terror Geist, he kind of lacked the 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 movement capability especially in a grizzle gore list so uh once i sat on objectives and he sat on objectives it was sort of just going back and forward so i'd score one turn then he'd score the next turn because he had so many ghouls but i got so many um so many gobos um but yeah it was a good game i was quite scared to see what the alpha would do but um it sort of did what i was hoping it would do and that is kill kill a couple grots but in the end, sort of bounce on the amount of bodies that I have. <clears throat> uh, next game on duality was slow. Oh boy! Uh, so, I yeah, it's um that was an auto loss. Um, only Sloan played like a played like a spud. 
and Sloan didn't play like a spud. So there's um, <laughs> there wasn't really anything I could do there. So he's lower drops than me. He takes first turn. Um, he puts 30 half guard berserkers on a point, which I have to kill at some point to win. Um, and Volkite's on the other one. Really not, not going to happen ever. Um, end of the game, I managed to kill all but the 30 block, which was cool. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, um, uphill struggle that it's one. It's such a hard list, bro. If it gets on objectives, you're fucked. And it's a low drop. It's, yeah, that scenario too is sort of just like, I can't nah. avoid the block. Like, I can't just score the other objectives. I absolutely have to kill it. Um, I, I gave it a, a good push, but like, there's, there's, my army can't deal with that, but that's totally fine. Um, I knew that going into it. Uh, and then game three was, what was it? Total commitment. And I played, uh, Shootcast, played Alex Sinclair. Um, so he had 26 with, uh, a Castellan and Staunch Defender. And then a whole bunch of Judicators and, uh, an Ordinator Bomb. So that was, that was quite a cool list to come up against. I didn't really know how it was, how that was going to go, I guess, because he has a lot of potential to take Grotz off. Um, as well as some range threat to tickle my heroes. Uh, but he only had two casters, so I sniped them off first, and then I was just free to cast for the rest of the game. Um, and, yeah, so just they blasted everything off. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty fun game. Um, at, at the end of the game, Alex had one Griffhound left, and he, like, run him away to the corner of the board, try to keep him alive. It's like not taking everything. and. Um, Skagrot handigorked himself over there and just fucking nuked that little motherfucker. Yeah, good job. So he was, he was pretty over grots by the end yeah, of it. He got grotted. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he got grotted. Um, but yeah, I hadn't played Alex before and his lists have been getting like uh, better and better each tournament I see him go to. Yeah, so he's a newcomer. It's really good to play. Um, yeah, he's play he's been coming this year list. and he's, yeah, yeah, he's been doing he's, he's progressively new. better each time as well. And he's playing the Stormcast so that's, um, that's yeah. one key to success is consistently playing the same army um yeah anything else to add bro yeah. or yeah i think a little bit more practice yeah i don't know how many games he plays outside of really well and that's i'm not trying to slight on alex but i just simply i don't talk to him a lot so um no 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 he's getting regular games and so on but he is someone to watch considering he i think he started the yeah. year not doing as good at, definitely not as good as he's doing now you know he finished three and two so um no good on him yeah he knows how to write a list, man. Like that, yeah. that list we played was was really good. Really yeah, good. And I was, it was, I was one of the lists that I saw, list. which I was like, "Oh <clears throat> fuck! If I come up against that, I'm probably done." Because he's got a big block of secretors. He's got a couple of units of judicators. He's got free seller stubblisters. He's got a comet. He's got skanks. You know, he's got the right supporting heroes. So he's he's got a bit yeah. of everything. He's got a big block to grind you up, and he's got some range to pick off your your heroes. And it's got good rend, and it hates chaos. So if I played that, I would have been fucked. But I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a good, a, a, a really strong list, um, especially for the tournament and yeah. what was what yeah. was smashed um, around. Well, sorry, you keep going. Um, but yeah, end of the end of the end of day one, um, one two lost one. Got all my secondaries. Yep. I got all my secondaries all weekend, which was cool. Um, but yeah, just pushing for time, man. Like every game finishing at the very end. Jono standing at my table, like. 
just about time, Sean. Just about time, Sean. Just about time, Sean. Yep. I'm like, oh, no, leave me alone. <laughs> so two major wins, one oh, major loss, <laughs> three secondaries. Yeah, so that was the exact same as me. So I think yep. we were sitting sort of yep. in that sort of top 10 bracket overnight. All right, listeners, we just had some technical difficulties. So if there's a cut between um, the end of Sean's games and the start of Mitch's games and it sounds pretty janky, that's the reason why. So we've had to... We've had some technology issues here, so please bear with us. Uh, so me and Tubbs have wrapped up what we've done. We both went uh, two major wins, one major loss, and all secondaries. So now we'll hear from Mr. Bitch Party himself about his day one. Mitch, take it away, bro. Uh, game one was against the goon boss, Seth Cook. Uh, we had a little grudge together. So um, like you guys said, it was Star Strike. Uh, Seth was playing... A mixed destruction list, Bragoth Yeet Hammer, um, which is basically a Fothlord <laughs> on Stonehorn, some Mournfang dudes, some Gorgrunters, and some Orcs, and a couple of Wizards. Um, so I set up my, I'll go through my sort of usual deployment, and this will be the case for most games, unless, um, unless otherwise. But it's basically, I put a Norhole in my deployment, and then I either put one or two Norholes in my deployment. In this case, I put one, and then another couple just, you know, up in the, his corners, um, mainly just to zone, make him babysit some gnaw holes for the threat of me jumping through them. But also that if he doesn't do that, then maybe I can jump through them. And then one or two normally in my deployment for the arcane boost. Um, so normally goes, each flank has a screaming bell with 40 clan rats around it, plague monks in the middle, another unit of clan rats in the middle, and then thankful and the Warbringer um, sort of just at the back in the middle. Uh, try and make it so all the units are within 13 inches of a screaming bell and probably within 13 of a bell and of the Vermin Lord uh, so I can get Death Frenzy off turn one. Um, so Seth gave me the first turn and it being Starstrike and there being no objectives on the board uh, I just did what I normally do here, which is just push up just a little bit. Um, stuck one unit of clan rats kind of out in front. Um, just because I thought, oh, he's probably going to charge in. And if he does, I just want him to hit clan rats. I don't want him to hit my heroes turn one. Um, so that was my turn. And that's exactly what he did. He got his Frostlord uh, Keanu um, right across the board and charged into a big unit of clan rats who had Death Frenzy on them. Uh, wiped, almost wiped them out. I piled in and did maybe like one or two wounds because he's got like a three up save, uh, which is unrendable. Not the clan rat to have rend. Um, and then he did the yeet hammer trick, which was to activate and pile in again and attack. So he did that, finished off the clan rats. Um, he'd moved a couple of, on his both flanks, he'd moved some gore grunters up and some mourn fang as well. Um, so for priority, he got the double turn now, um, which is pretty much exactly how Seth wants it to work. His list is about uh, charging into you, hoping for a double turn, and then just doing heaps of damage. And that Frost Lord on Stonehorn um, can do a lot of damage. So then he went into my Screaming Bell on the right flank, didn't do enough to to kill it, but got it down to about four wounds. Uh, I think that's because the Screaming Bell gets Lookout Sir in combat, so that really helps, and in the five up uh, damage save, 
um, also really helps. Uh, and he put another, he put some of his frost fang, morn fang, and uh, yeah, the morn fang and the gore grunters into the clan rats were around that bell. So basically, end of turn two, or at the end of his turn two, he had um, on my right flank, he added a lot of dudes in doing damage, and he'd put 10 ogres on the middle objective, which had come down right in the middle of the board. Uh, so then on my turn two, I cast Death Frenzy on the Plague Monks. Uh, I think it might have been double Death Frenzy. I got both the Moth and the Plague Monks were in range for both of them. So they moved up, ready to charge the Ogres that were sitting on the objective. Thankwell moved up in range to shoot some of those Ogres. Um, I moved some Clan Rats and a Bell up on the left flank and moved the Warbringer in to charge into uh, the Stone Lord. Frostlord. Um, Thankwell shot some ogres. The ogres are pretty resilient. They've got four wounds each and they've got a six up damage save from shooting attacks. Um, so he killed two or three, I think. Um, the plague monks charged in. The warbringer charged in. So the warbringer managed to, he pumped himself up, did his once per game, uh, you know, extra attacks thing and managed to kill that, um, big monster, which was uh, it was pretty close because the three up non-rendable save was pretty significant, um, but I managed to get enough damage through to kill him. The plague monks killed some ogres, the ogres killed some plague monks, and then the plague monks killed some ogres before they died again. <laughs> um, so then I had enough, I think even before I charged the plague monks and I had enough on there to claim the objective. Uh, that's you know one of the great things about Skaven is often you don't even need to get into combat to contest an objective because you've got these little tiny little bases and heaps of models so you can just get just enough in. Um, so turn three, I won priority. The other objectives came down. One, My one was on my left flank and the other one was sort of near the middle, slightly on Seth's right flank. Um, what that meant was he didn't have anyone within six of he didn't have any of his units within six of the objective, and they were within range for my plague monks to retreat and just put one of them near it to get the points and keep the rest near the central objective, um, scoring to keep scoring that one. I put forty clan rats and a bell on my home objective, which is quite a statement. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think I did much combat that turn. I just stayed out of it and scored. Then his turn three, um, yeah, he tried to kill some plague monks with some gore grunters, and I think his ogres failed the three-inch charge to get into the plague monks. Um, but he wasn't able to kill enough, and he wasn't going to get my home objective, and he would have got his back. Uh, but he said, I think, yeah, he didn't see it going well for him, so we called it there. Um, so that was a major victory. Um, yeah, that's, my yeah, it's a pretty uphill battle, that one. Yeah, for my agenda, I had control of the middle objective for the secondary, so yeah, I got that as well. Um, so feeling pretty good about that. Went into game two against Peter Van Ruin's Deepkin in Duality of Death. Uh, I played Deepkin quite a lot before. I played Jono and Bo quite a few times, so I got a pretty good handle on how they work. His list was. It wasn't a filthy eel list at all. He had six eels. 
he had the thralls and reavers, and he had the octopus man, um, which I've never seen um, used before. And he had Volturnos. And he came up to me before the game and was like, hey, bro, I haven't played much AOS. Sorry if we don't finish our game. I was like, that's fine. Just, you know. So he was a super nice guy. I really like playing him. Um, for the deployment, because duality of death, you split into two deployments, which is great for me because, you know, you've got two screaming bells and four units of 40. So it works out really well. So one side was a bell, the warbringer, plague monks, and clan rats. The other side was the bell, two units of clan rats, and thank Um I outdropped him, so I went first. So moved the warbringer up to claim the left objective. And then ran the plague monks up to kind of wrap around in front of him. Um, didn't completely wrap around him, so he was exposed on his right side, but the plague monks were there in front of him in case something charged into him. Uh, and on the right, I moved one of the units of clan rats up, so one of them was within three to claim that objective and then strung the rest out back into my own deployment zone. And then used the other unit of clan rats to kind of run up and try and wrap around them. So on both sides, I had something protecting whatever was claiming the objective. Uh, and then it was pretty much a case of come at me, bro, um, which he did. So he chucked his eels and Volturnos and a shark into my right side. Did a lot of damage, but not enough to, because he had to kill all 40 of those clan rats um, to claim that right objective, um, which he didn't manage to do. On the left side, he put his thralls up, I think, into the plague monks, and they got minced by plague monks. Uh, he won the next priority, put his, he had an idol on actually, which is real cool. I'd never actually played against that before. Uh, put his idol on into the Warbringer, who got, did four wounds, I think, and then the Warbringer took him down, they pumped him up. Um, and then on the right side, I think it was by about the end of turn three, he, um, yeah, he realized he wasn't going to get it. Um, so we called it, but yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Um, it's good to play a new player and hopefully we see Peter at some more tournaments. Um, my yeah, he comes to call to arms every year. Like, just, yeah. sorry, just speaking on Peter, he seems to come to call to arms every year, but he doesn't come to much else. So I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if there's like a, I've seen him, I think two or three years in a row at call to arms now with his Iden army, but I never see him out of it. So. I don't know, maybe we should reach out and have a chat to him. I don't know if he listens, I doubt it, but yeah. Come to more events, I definitely, I, Good to see your face. I plugged, I plugged your podcast for him, um, to him. Oh, um, Mitch. My secondary anyway, sorry, game that, three. Oh, my secondary for the game two was no enemy units in my territory, which was a pretty easy one for duality. Uh, game three, I got Aidan Nicol and his Slanesh. Uh, I was... Fucking terrified of this game. I thought I'd get absolutely smashed because Swinash can just come in and wreck face without you being able Plain to do shifting anything. objectives? Shifting objectives, yeah. Um, yeah. I always have a great game against Aiden. He's an absolute gentleman. Um, so this was actually my favorite game of the tournament. Um, he used to play Skaven as well, so I don't really need to tell him how my stuff works. Um, he knows. So, yeah, I, went, I, was, I was pretty stressed about this game. Um, and I went and I did something I don't normally do for my deployment, which was to string out a unit of 40 clan rats in front of my whole army in a line, just as sort of like a, a chaff wall. Um, 
So that made me Meet anxious because they're not, yeah, Meat Shield. They're not wholly within 13 of a bell, which is just like, oh no, am I going to have to take a battle shop test? Um, he let me go first and it took me a while to decide exactly what to do. But what I did was just ran that whole unit up so that they could, they could each score an objective. Uh, they could, yeah, they could score each objective, but they weren't. They were kind of only just there, and they weren't. I didn't run them the whole way, so I put them about three or four inches back from the objective. And the primary objective had come down on my right side, so on that side I committed a bit more, and I moved another unit of clan rats up behind them to get another few models in range of that primary objective. Um, moved everything else a bit further, a bit, uh, moved everything else up a bit, just so they could be ready to go. Um, for whatever happened. Um, so what I was expecting was that he would come in and delete that front unit completely, and he would uh, would both be on five points at the end of turn one, and then I would hope for a priority and just try and claim it back from there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what he did. He had I think is it seekers, the guys like the, the cavalry dudes. The Slimish. Yep. Yes, Seekers, yeah. He put 20 of them on the left side um, and 10 of them on my right side just came in. And Damon X came in on the middle and right objective. Um, and he just started killing Dan Rats. Um, he didn't kill nearly as many as I thought he did, so I started taking them on, off from the left. So I gave up that left objective completely. Uh, in the middle, though, he had 10, 10 Daemonets, and I think I had like 11 Clan Rats left around that objective after I ended up piling them in. And then on the right, I had just, because I had an extra unit of Clan Rats on the right, I had just a couple more models than him on that right-hand objective. So I was able to, I think it, he was only scored one or two points um, that turn, which I was quite surprised at. Um, and then I realized... Um, what I needed to do against Slanesh was to not touch his heroes at all. I just needed to kill all of his units because they don't give him depravity points. Um, but if I went after the heroes, then he's going to rack up depravity points. He's going to have one hero left at the back of the board and he's going to summon another uh, demon, greater demon. Um, so I luckily got the priority for turn two. Um, and then, yeah, so I pushed up 40 clan rats onto the left objective, which is where the the primary one had switched to. Didn't charge the seekers that were there, just sat three inches outside of them with enough dudes on the objective and a screaming bell nearby. Pushed the plague monks up into the middle and then put Thanquo up on the right side. Uh, oh, and the Warbringer had also gone up to the left. So Thanquo shot some daemonets off the right-hand objective which left me controlling that one. Uh, the Plague Monks in the middle charged into the Daemonets that were on the middle objective, but I got a big enough charge that I was able to get into his back line, which was 10 Daemonets in front of his Keeper of Secret. So the Plague Monks were in combat with two units of Daemonets, and then he was going to be able to bring his Keeper in. Uh, worth noting here that the Plague Monks had Death Brains in on them. Uh, and then the Warbringer charged into the Seekers that were on the left. So when it came to combat, the Warbringer just wiped out 
the seekers on the left. So I was like, cool, that's great. Um, and in the middle, the plague, this was probably the sort of crux of the game. Uh, the plague monks, I didn't act, they, I didn't activate them till last. I think that's because Aiden told me I couldn't. Um, they got killed by Daemonets on both sides. And so I used the death frenzy to pile in and just kill more Daemonets. I didn't, I wasn't going to touch the keeper at that point. Uh, then he activated his keeper, piled in, killed about 20 plague monks, I think, probably more. Um, but I'd kind of like, fortunately, I had enough plague monks in range to pile in and attack when they died so that I got a lot of hits on in the keeper. And the keeper went down, um, which was quite fortunate. And then on the right side, it was sort of like a pillow fight between clan rats and demonets and seekers. Um, and that put me on 10 points because I scored all three objectives. Then his turn two, he, um, I think what he did was he summoned 30 demonets. He wanted to summon a keeper, but he knew that wasn't a good move. Um, so he summoned 30 demonets to contest the primary objective, which turned out to not be enough to get through 40 clan rats. Um, he also charged a hero into Thanquil, did a couple wounds, and I think he didn't like it when I, um, but he thought it was funny. But instead of attacking his hero with Thanquil, I just retreated Thanquil because I was like, no, I'm not going to give you the depravity points. Um, and so then after that, yeah, he, he called it. He said, I can't win. Um, and so, yeah. My second, I didn't get my hidden agenda for that one because I thought going into it, I thought I was going to get tabled. So I just put it as sacrifice. So it's like, well, you know, at least if I'm not going to get any points, I might as well get the hidden agenda points and he's going to kill Thankful. But I didn't end up getting that one. Um, so yeah, end of day one was three major victories, two hidden agendas. Sick. It puts you right at the top, doesn't it? I, I don't know the overnight standings. I, not I quite. I was it. in third or fourth, I think. Third. Yeah. yeah. So it was Sloan yeah. and Scott were number one and two. Yeah. Um, I was, I played game, I played day two on, sorry, day one on day, table two for two games. And yeah, I lost. And I think I went to table four or five. I was playing this at Tubbs. And you were playing on table two overnight, weren't you? Mitch, the next day you played on table yeah. two? Yeah. Yeah. So I must have been on table yeah. two. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a solid performance. Obviously, we know how this goes, but we'll pretend that we don't. So well done, Mitch. You're still on the hunt. <laughs> I'm excited to see what day two holds. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Saturday night, we, um, me and Tubby and like half the field, like 14 of us, went to a pub called Gasworks, and we had a probably the best part of the event. We had the the post um, post day one dinner and drinks with a bunch of guys. Uh, had a bit of a debrief, you know, swap stories, checked on how everyone was going. Did that for a couple of hours, which is always good. It's good to have the social. And then um, about like, I think it was maybe 10 lads went back to my place or seven lads. I don't know. Seems to be pretty customary that like a lot of people come back to my place and then we just get on it. And <laughs> um, and we were on it late, man. I got We got to bed at like 3.30 or something like that. It was not good. So fuck all sleep the next day. You got anything to add about that, Tubby? Big night. was fun. Yeah, big night was fun. I finally got to socialise, so that was fucking good. After playing two and a half hour fucking games, two and three quarters, 
yeah, the worst thing about it is that you would have been up almost like 24 hours at that point because you wake up a few hours before everyone else to drive down, don't you? Yeah, we got up at like five or six. Yeah. Six, so, I think. Yeah. So it's like a 21-hour day, which is crazy. No worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a lot of drinking and gaming. Yeah. Mitch, mate, what did you get up to on the Saturday night? You didn't join us. You were too cool for that. Yeah, way too cool. And I knew that if I did, I'd be fucked up on Sunday and wouldn't be able to play Warhammer. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so I went back with Lee and Tom, uh, Tom was around the corner from me and Lee was staying at his place. So that was a convenient ride home. Um, we just went to the pub in Brooklyn and went through the rankings and picked out our wins for the next day. And, you know, fucking tactic. nerds. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, he's he gone under daddy Lee's wing now. <laughs> yeah. What is this yeah. preparation for day two bullshit, man? <laughs> yeah. So, good night. Finish at a respectable time then, Mitch? Yeah, I think I was home about nine. I was pretty pissed because I'm not, I'm a bit of a lightweight. But, um, yeah, I was in bed by 10. So, can't yeah. It's, yeah. Pretty it's good. Plus, in the morning. I find a lot of people forget to eat in day one as well because it's so full on. Because, like, yeah. people, I finish all my games well before time because I'm not shit like tubs. Um, and we, yeah. And we, I think people just forget to eat because between, like, in their lunch break, they just go talk to their mates and maybe have a smoke or whatever, grab a drink. I don't know. But, um, I didn't eat a whole lot on Saturday, which didn't help me out. But, yeah. So going into day two. So I'll cover off my games four and five. Um, so the draw went up on Saturday night. I saw I was playing Bo. Bo runs the Idenf. Um Army's been running it since they came out, so what's that, over a year now? Um, and he's been doing really well with it. I think he's pretty much like top five or podium to every event he's gone to, which is three or four of them this year. Um, I felt real bad. I didn't feel... I mean, I've been plenty hungover in my days, but fuck, I felt pretty awful. And I apologize to Bo at the start of the game, saying this probably wasn't going to be much of a game. Um... So Bo has Volturnus, he has Tidecaster, Soulscryer, and Spellweaver. Then he has three units, oh, sorry, four units of three guard, so that's the Ignoring Rend Eels, and then he has two units of six, which is the Attacky Eels, and then he has the Eternal Guard, which never got into the game because they sat on the objective. We're playing Knives to the Heart as well, by the way, guys. Sorry, forgot to fill you in there. I had a plan going into this game, which was essentially screen out my side of the board so he couldn't just, like, pop up with his with his guard and just like charge me and win the game pretty quickly in turn, excuse me, in turn three. Um, so I zoned out the boards. I outdropped Bo. I gave him first turn. Um, Bo deployed everything on the board and his side of the board. Um, Knife to the Heart has a weird deployment now when you're in like an L shape. So he did leave three guard eels out to the side, which I think would just meant to be like a nuisance. Uh, he turned one charge some. Uh, what did he do? He turned one charge some. Reavers and killed them, and then I put my rage first into them and killed them back, so that was good. I had to make them attack twice, however, which Bo was like, oh, that's a bit of an overkill, and I was like, well, if I don't roll sixes, then it's not because you ignore Ren. So, so yeah, I cleared them off in turn one. Um, and then in turn two, Bo won the priority, which I was happy about, and he, well, I wasn't happy about, but he took the turn, which I was happy about, because I didn't want the turn two, I didn't want the double turn, because I wasn't set up for it. And then he effectively moved his whole army minus the Eternal Guard up into the middle of the board in a ball. He was out of charge ranges. However, he was ready to uh, get a counter charge on. And he was ready just to like 
steamroll me come turn three because this whole army fights in turn three first and then Volturnus just makes everyone um get like plus three attacks or whatever with his, his command points that he just spends in turn three. Uh so what happened here is I had my rage firster was about I think he was about twenty inches away and I was like, fuck that is some bait. And what I did is I ran my rage firster up and I made him pile on six and I made him attack twice. And essentially what I was looking for is I was fishing for sixes on the wound roll to explode and do the four mortal wounds. Because he's got no mortal wound save. He was near a boat, so he does get that six up. But I was thinking if I get two or three um, mortal sixes here on two attacks, or two rounds of attacking, so he's got six attacks, he's got the banner, this could be game over for bow because I'll delete large amounts of his eels, and more importantly, I'll kill Volturnus, because his whole army was within eight inches. Uh, so the d first went in. And he swung twice, and I rolled one six in the whole sequence, and I was like, "Fuck me." Um, he, I also fucked up my attacks here as well because I had uh, three blood tithe points at this point. And what I was thinking is, if he wins priority, if I get to four blood tithes, if he wins priority, then I can attack in his hero phase and maybe slow him down, or maybe try blow off Volturnus with some exploding sixes. Uh, however, I screwed up my attack priority. I went in with my D firster. He attacked the front line, which was three guardials, and I killed one and a half, I believe. And then for some reason, I piled him in so he could, so he could attack the, um, the Achillean Morsar guard, which is the attacky eels. So I split my attacks on the unit, which was stupid because had I killed the unrendable eels at the start, then I would have been able to, um, I would have been able to generate that fourth blood type point, which I needed, and then I could have attacked in his next hero phase and spoilers he won the priority and went first in the third turn scarbrand also came into the other side of his bubble at this point in time and scarbrand deleted um some more star guard i'm uh, sorry not more star the, the unrendable ones um which was good he just used his mortal wounds and just deleted the unit which is sort of what scarbrand does um i had free blood type at this point he wins turn free priority he just takes all my blood firsts off and and that's essentially the game he rolled his guard into my blood firsts zapped him with mortal wounds attacked him all killed him before i could do anything i had blood type coming out the wazoo but i didn't really have much to do with the blood type um at this point in time because all my shit was gone and we pretty much just played for kill points at that point from the turn three priority i was hoping to win the priority turn three and what i was going to do is i was going to retreat my stuff out of combat and then i was going to activate my fury's command point at the start of the combat phase which gives him pylon so what would happen is it would fuck with his activation and he his army wouldn't be able to attack in that turn three which was my plan was to go and try bomb off alternus one priority retreat and then go back in with, uh, piling in because his army att attacks at the start of the combat phase so i generate my use my command point i'm out of combat his whole army attacks. There's nothing in combat, so he can't attack. Then I'd pile in as I please from six inches away and attack his army and hopefully take it off. But that was the plan. Didn't happen. Um, yeah, Bo just rolled over me, which is unexpected. Uh, well, not sorry, unexpected. Was expected. Um, I had to apologize to Bo for a couple of reasons throughout the game because I was not feeling well and I had some shabby gameplay, which I was embarrassed about. I had like 11 Reavers in one unit and 9 in the other. That's just fucking poor play. And I'm really embarrassed by that. Um, yeah, that was, that was not, that was not the greatest. So I lost to Bo, but I got my secondary. I did kill Volturnus in the end. 
uh, Bo got the major win. So at this point, I'm four secondaries, two major wins, two major losses. I go into round five playing against Reagan, who is also running corn, which is cool because I was hoping to learn some stuff about corn with Reagan. Uh, Reagan had uh, the Gortide, um, Slaughterhouse, he had Scarbrand, he had the Fury, who was his general. He had a Bloodstoker, Bloodsecrator, Slaughter Priest, Slaughter Priest, and he had 20 Blood Warriors in one unit. 20 Blood Reavers in another unit, 10 Blood Reavers and 10 Blood Reavers, and he had a Core Pilgrims, and he had the same prayers as me, the Skull and the Axe. Um, at this point, I was near death. I, I was expecting to vomit on the table, which was not good. Uh, I again said to Reagan at the start of the game, this was not going to be a good game, um, as an in interaction-wise, because I just wanted to die. I was trying to eat as much food as I could as well. I was like the hungry fucking caterpillar. I drank like two Cokes and coffee. <laughs> Um, a hot, ate a hot dog, a sandwich, and a packet of fudge in the first three turns of the game, <laughs> which was just like, I was just sitting there packing on food and fluid to try to feel better. Uh, so essentially, we were play what happened here, we were playing focal points. Uh, I gave Reagan first turn, he scored his two, he just moved up one unit. He scored his two, scored the middle one, gave me the turn. I moved up. Well, I didn't even actually move. I just said, no, nah. I would just end my turn there. I did some prayers and I scored two points, which was a mistake because he actually only had one guy, I think, scoring the middle objective. So I should have ran some Reavers into the middle and then I would have scored two points easy. Uh, we roll off. Reagan won the pro priority roll. He gave me the turn, which was a smart thing to do. Um, I stayed as I was and then I decided to move my, um, I decided to move my, Reavers in the middle, up the middle to score two points. So at this point, um, after my two turns, I have six points. Reagan has four points. Reagan then goes on to double turn me um, and pretty much take off the majority of my army. Um, he has the same sort of tricks as me, except he has Blood Warriors, which is piling and attacking. Uh, he killed everything but my Blood Firsters, my Banner, and one unit of ten Reavers. Um, going into the top of his turn, Four, I think it was, because he won priority for turn four. I had six blood type points, and he'd used his blood type points on whatever the fifth one was. I can't even remember what it was. Oh no, I think he made some pile and attack. I can't remember. I had six blood type. I made my army pile and attack when it died, which was pretty cool. Um, and it sort of fucked with Reagan. And this is a real cool part of the game. Reagan won the game in the short. Um, he had his Fury Burster and Scarbrand facing off against my Scarbrand. And he was trying to figure out how he could like economically kill Scarbrand without dying because Scarbrand fights when he dies. So he um, activated his Fury Fester and he put his Fury Fester into Scarbrand and he was sac essentially sacrificing his general to try kill my Scarbrand without losing his Scarbrand. And what happened is he put his Fury Fester in and he took off like 12 of Scarbrand's 14 wounds. So then Scarbrand just deleted the Fury first instantly. Then he piled in his Scarbrand and killed my Scarbrand. But then my Scarbrand gets a pile and attack when it dies and killed his Scarbrand. So <laughs> he, um, I, I know what he was trying uh, to do, but he was just too wound shy because he could have he could have killed my Scarbrand without losing anyone. But essentially, he <laughs> traded a Fury first in his Scarbrand to kill my Scarbrand. Um, uh, so fucking good. That was it was it was great. Karen's so fucking angry. Yeah. So so good. And Blood Tide was flowing in this game as well, which is amazing. Um turn four, the game turned. At turn four, I actually felt somewhat alive and started playing the game and actually moved out of my deployment zone for once. 
uh, I put my Rage Fester into his 20 block of Blood Warriors, which was controlling one of my objectives. And he just deleted the unit in one round of combat. It was amazing. I think I rolled two sixes, so that was eight mortal wounds. And then I rolled 3d6 of damage or something like that and rolled like 12. Um, so I just took the whole unit off. They piled and attacked my Rage Fester. They didn't kill him, which was good. I, in turn four, then ran across the board with Blood Tithe and started scoring his objectives. Uh, I had a bit of a move where I had to pl put my Fury Fester into the middle objective and I had to kill, I think he had three heroes on the objective, so I had to try kill three of those heroes with one Blood Fester who was attacking twice, um, and I absolutely whiffed my first round of attacks and did like two wounds to a Slaughter Priest. Um, he wins turn five priority, he summons a Blood Fester because he had heaps of Blood Tithe, and um, I pretty much almost tabled him. He had a Fury Fester on the board, which he summoned, which was like 100% healthy, and one unit of Reavers on the board when I had um, some Reavers, a Banner, and I think a Bloodthirster as well, and stuff like that. So, the end result was something like, I think it was 23 to 18, the, the Reagan, but going into turn 4, I think I had about 7 points. Um, so, uh, the game went a turn longer, I probably would have won that game. Had I been interested in the game a bit earlier, I probably would have won that game. Reagan said I shouldn't have got so fucked up on the Saturday night, and I probably would have won the game. But Reagan was smart. He <laughs> he went hard early and applied so much pressure to me that I just pretty much had lost my army by the start of turn four. Um, he was like a shark smelling blood in the water, man. He was aggro as <laughs> fuck, and it paid off big time, and he scored all the objectives for like two turns unchallenged, and he was... He was right on there. I was like, I'm not feeling well, Reagan. And he's like, I'm going to pump you. And I was like, fuck, cool, bro. <laughs> so he was not holding back. And um, and he won the game, so good on him. He did well. He, he did really well. I just wish I could be being a bit more interactive because I sat there feeling sorry for myself for about three turns before I bothered to actually engage in the game. But I enjoyed it in the end. I hope Reagan enjoyed it somewhat. Um, he won. He got a secondaries and he finished well. So I'm sure he enjoyed it. Probably an easy win for him, but hey-ho, that, that was it. That was my choices. I shouldn't have got so fucked up on Saturday. Uh, so I finished the tournament two major wins, three major losses, five secondaries, which pretty much made me the king of the dick poos. I was king of the two and threes because uh, I got all my secondaries and I had a good strength of schedule. I think there was one other two and three person who finished above me because they got a minor loss and their secondaries as opposed to me, who I got no minor losses, just all major losses. Uh, so I finished like 18th, I think. Um, at the bottom of the pile. Had I got another win, it would have been another story, but, you know, had I done this, had I done that, whatever, hindsight, it's over now. Can't fucking change a thing. Um, Tubby, how'd you go on day two, bro? Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> so, I probably wasn't feeling anywhere near as bad as you, man. Um, game one, I had Andrew, who was, um, who was playing my, my daughter's army, so that was cool. On Knife to the Heart, uh, he had 20 snakes, 30 sisters, standard Hagnar loadout, a um, few harpies, uh, and a blood rack Medusa, bits like that. Uh, and to be honest, Knife of the Heart's a real good scenario for me, especially against an army like that, because um, he has so few units which he can sort of like sit on the back point and not get overwhelmed um he sort of played it kind of funny so he, he pushed up the guts 
and didn't really tickle the grots too much and then he sort of got stuck in combat and it sort of just went on until turn three come and then once turn three come i started um pulling trigger on his back objective so at any point from turn three um i i, I could have won the game on a nine inch charge with a reroll or or a priority roll so basically what was happening was um he had i think a cauldron a medusa and maybe a couple witches near an objective at the back of the board on knife and i'd just teleport a bunch of grots string them all the fucking way around his army back to a hero so i got to reroll charges um and try to throw them in and it didn't happen for like three turns and then finally on turn five um I, I managed to get managed to get a long charge on and nicked his objective back. But yeah, I think um Andrew knows he made quite a few mistakes in that game. So it it was a good game. Um but it was sort of a frustrating game. Um because it, it should have ended earlier than it did. It sort of just was like how many turns will it take me to make a nine inch charge or win a priority roll? Um but yeah. Yeah, no, good, good game. Um I think Grots do pretty well against um, most daughters lists um, purely because you can turn their mu magic off so easily and without their magic uh, the daughters can't really get through the Grots so uh, what I did was I just focused down his other caster so he had two casters um, and once I killed him I know that he can't dispel the moon uh, so if I put the moon next to his wizard mind raiser he's now minus three to cast and um, he's not getting fucking anything off. So I got my secondary in that as well. I got all five over the weekend. So that, that was me. Uh, into my last game. So last game was against Scott. And I was, I was back up on table two. So we're, we're playing for a podium there, which was cool. Um, I hadn't played Scott before. He was playing Corn. It wasn't overly optimized Cornless. And he, he said that when we got to the table. But, uh, but Corn's quite a good counter to my Grotz. Uh, especially a, a corn list with that many models in it. Uh, so we laid out, and he took first turn, which I was kind of taken back by, but uh, but I think it was the right choice. So what he did was he took first turn and just run his whole fucking army forward, uh, but he made sure he command pointed a six on his banner, so his banner got in range of all of my heroes, which means that they all have to reroll to cast. Uh, I was out of skulls range, so that was that wasn't a stress. But just rerolling cast is a bit of a pain in the ass, uh, and it all went wrong from here. So, so I probably had the worst turn one that I could possibly imagine, and it really put me on the back foot for the rest of the game. Um, first thing I did when I picked my dice up, I rolled scuttle tide, cast it on like an eleven or some shit, and um, I was like, cool. He dispelled me unbound me with his mage eater uh thurster rolled an eight the d6 mortal wounds did six killed my hero straight off the bat i was like cool that was real nice next thing i managed to cast is like i think gemnids um and because he'd killed my my scuttle boy <laughs> he just auto unbound it so i got no no cast off there i uh, got another cast off which was swords onto his bannerman rolled 12 dice on five ups and i got one and i was like yeah, this is fucking going so badly. It's it, it couldn't it couldn't go any worse, um, and that was pretty much the just the whole first turn was just an absolute fucking disaster. Um, 
and it was just bad luck really but um we sort of we sort of fought over that central objective until about turn two so i got the double from turn two into three um which put the game back in my favor so i was i was most definitely winning at that point uh and then scott won the priority double priority from three to four which even the playing field so uh, it was a really close game. It was actually a fucking mint game. Um, and it come down to who won priority into five uh, after he got that double. And he won it. So he, he won the game. But uh, in the end, it was real close. Two points in it or something like that. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was it was cool to see Corn played that way. Which was putting Bloodletters back on the table again. Because I hadn't seen Bloodletters in, in forever since since like ghb 2018 i haven't seen that many you know um he had about 60 of them eh? yeah he had, oh, he had two big blocks of 30 um which is cool because i love blood letters but they're just not what they used to be yeah um but yeah, yeah it was good to play against them it was yeah, it, was, it was, was really good to play that corn list I, I enjoyed it he was saying he used them to score objectives because you need body yeah. score objectives and i was like yeah and scott's a 40k player so um, yeah, yeah. So that meant you finish where, Tubby? Uh, I finished eight, eight. I think. Yeah, three um, and two. Yeah, eight. So top of the three and twos. Mm-mm. I had um. The... No, was somebody more than me? Reagan. Reagan went three and two. Yeah, he finished six. Oh, how did he get above me then? No, that can't... That's not right. Did you get all your secondaries? Because I had, uh, yeah, all my secondaries, and I had the third highest strength schedule in the tournament behind Sloan and. Uh, Aiden. Yeah, so Reagan so, has eighty six tournament points. Sloan has eighty five, and he has seventy eight. So yeah, Reagan, does he got a does he got a minor loss in there? I don't know because it only records that, wins and losses. But I'd yeah, say that, Reagan's probably got two minor losses. Is what I'd say has happened. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something like that. Um, um, because he's ahead of Sloan, and Sloan got a draw. Auto draws don't count for a whole lot. So no, yeah, uh, yeah. In in it, yeah. Anyway, um, the the. The armies I played over the weekend was a real good testament to I th- that I think the Grots have legs. So I played Grizzlegore, I played Shootcast, I played Hagnar, um, played Corn, and I played Fire Slayers, Lords of the Lodge. So it's like five hard armies. Um, <laughs> so I was pretty happy with how the Grots went over the weekend, even though it wasn't really what. Um, I was hoping for. I would have liked to go four and one, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there's definitely legs in the list. I just need to sort out, um, sort of a, a a way to do what I'm doing now, but just faster. Yeah. Um, which means I need to I need to change what's in the list because I, I was playing it as quickly as I could, um, doing things like I don't know, keeping all my endless spell. Dice and piles, like I got twelve for swords sitting aside. I got six for scuttles sitting to the side. I've got all my dice and fives, and just you know, I've got sticks some measurements faster. Like it, I don't, I don't really know how I could have sped it up, yeah, um, much more. I think I just need to take some grots out, um, because it just takes too long. Yep, yep, and and replace them with something. So that's why I'm looking at the trolls, um, because they've got a similar sort of wound sink, um. Been quite hard to kill as well, 
and just focus more on the magic so that I'm less in the shooting phase than what I was. Um, Because while it was good, it was two really long phases. And then because I could obviously also fight um, if I got into combat. The turns took ages, like just just too long, and I don't really want to steal that much time from my opponent. I felt felt kind of bad about it. Yep. Um. At the end. Yep. But yeah. So I can confirm Reagan did get a minor loss against Trey, and it looks like he got all the secondaries. Yeah, um, that'll be. And I'd say Sloan dropped a secondary or possibly two. He definitely dropped one against spoilers Mitch, so that's why Reagan's finished ahead of um, Sloan, even though Sloan went 3-1-1. Yeah, three, Sloan, one, one. Sloan's got a draw though, so he's like 3-1-1 and one and one or whatever. Yeah, he's 3-1-1 one, one and Reagan's 3-0-2, but Reagan has more yeah. secondaries. So, <clears throat> Mitch, what do you reckon, mate? Game 2. Uh, uh, yeah. day, day 2, blah. Words. Day, day 2, game 4 was Knife to the Heart. I was playing Ryan uh, against his Beasts of Zinch, so it was Zinch Allegiance, he had a lot of Zangor in it, and Enlightened, uh, he had the big scary chicken, he had a Gaunt Summoner, which I was, Gaunt Summoners are not good for my army, because they've got that spell that just melts hordes. Um, so yeah, went into that, I deployed, um, I had 40 clan rats and a bell on my home objective, which is pretty much what I always do in Knife of the Heart. And I had some plague monks on the left, and the idea was to they were going to go for his objective. Um, two units of clan rats, Thankwall, the Warbringer, and another bell on the right, so sort of against the short edge of the board. Um, the idea with them was that they would just go into his army. If they could sneak through and get on the objective, that's great, but just to create a mainly to create a barrier between him and me, while the Plague Monks try and nip around and do their thing. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Um, it became the... I can't really remember turn by turn what happened. I think we got to turn three. Um, but it basically became a big tarpet in the middle of the board with his Dangor fighting my Vermin Lord and my Clan Rats, and then his Enlightened went in and fought Clan Rats, the Bell, and the Thankwall. Um, I got the Negwan to hit roll on the Bell, so everything was Negwan to hit, which really, that just tied the game up, I think, for me. Um, his Enlightened weren't able to kill, they killed a lot of Clan Rats, they couldn't kill the Bell, but they did kill Thankwall. He got the double turn, two and three, they managed to kill Thankwall. Um, but really, what it, what got me that game um, was the Plague Monks kind of just slowly moving up on the left towards his home objective and he didn't put I think he could have put more bodies on his home objective um, I think he was trying to sort of um, I can't speak for what Ryan was actually trying to do but it seems to me like he had some um, acolytes babysitting a Norhol that I was never going to use uh, so that kind of took them out of the game he had some pink horrors on his objective but he didn't put them all there he was kind of trying to screen me off or get them ready to go in or something. Um, so he double turned me from two into three, uh, killed a lot of rats, um, but not enough rats. And then came to turn three, he looked at me and said, look, if you get your Plague Monks on my objective, that's the game. So I was like, yeah, you're probably right. 
Um, so he's like, just roll the charge roll, see if they make it in. I could re-roll it with a command point if I wanted as well, because I had a bell nearly. Um, and then, yeah, made the charge roll, and we both agreed that something like five or six pink horrors weren't going to stand up to, um, I think with about 25 months left at this point, they got hit with the Gaunt Summoner spell a couple of times. Um, but other than that, he hadn't really touched them. Um, and so, yeah, we call it there. Great game. Um, really enjoyed playing Ryan. His army is beautifully painted. So that was really cool. Um, so then that put me on four. Oh, my secondary for that, sorry, was Invade. So get a unit wholly in your opponent's territory, which was the Plague Monk. So I got that one. Uh, and that put me on four wins, three secondaries. Um, so that meant that I played Sloan game five. Uh, Sloan had to leave early for work, I think. Um, and then, so we started playing basically at the start of lunch because we'd both finished our games early. Um, our game four was early, so we both agreed, yeah, we'll start now. Um, I think we were both quite nervous because neither of us had ever been in position to win a tournament before. At this point, I was so stressed, um, real anxious, um, in a good way because it's all good fun. Like, oh, I, I really wanted to win. Um, I knew I definitely could, so I just didn't want to make mistakes and fuck it up, get the feel bad from that. You didn't go do a um, nervous poo, did you, mate? <laughs> no, bro. Pop, pop one out before the game? I, I know you're both pretty excited <laughs> and you're both pretty um, anxious about it, eh? I mean, yeah. I know what you mean. Playing table one, game five, winner pretty much guaranteed to take it almost, so yeah. Um, sorry, go into it. Yeah. I just wanted to make a comment about a nervous poo for some reason. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> pros derailed you. Yeah. yeah, probably too nervous to poo. Um, but yeah, so we both explained what our armies did to each other. I had, I'd been reading up on fire slayers because I knew there was a good chance I'd come up against them. I kind of knew what they did. I knew that half guard berserkers, everyone's told me they're just, you can't kill them and they will definitely kill you. Um, so I did my sort of usual deployment. I had two no holes in my territory for the arcane boost, and then one in his territory to make him babysit something. And we're playing focal points. Um, so I basically had a big bubble of clan rats and plague monks around my hero, basically the deployment. Uh, Sloan went first, and he ran. He did the thing to get plus two to movement, and then mm -hmm. he ran his half guard berserkers onto the middle objective. He wasn't able to get all 30 of them around the objective because they're slow and they've got big bases. So I think he had about 16. Um, we're playing focal points just as a reminder for everyone. So middle objectives yeah. with two points. Um, and so in his first movement phase, I spotted he made what I think is a pretty significant mistake in that he moved off one of his home objectives with the half-guard berserkers. They'd been sitting on his right flank home objective. And he moved them off it, and that meant he didn't score that objective at the end of his turn because he didn't have any models within six of it. So that's when I started thinking, oh, I know, I know what I need to do now. I need to get on that. Uh, he also popped up 20 Volkite Berserkers nine inches away from my right flank objective because he had them tunneling underground or something. So he popped them up. Uh, can't remember if he tried to charge them or not, but it's a nine inch charge, so. It didn't happen, so they were just sitting there. 
Um, and then that was his turn. He scored three points, two for the central one and one for this one home objective that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it went into my turn and I tried casting Death Frenzy. This whole game I didn't get Death Frenzy off because my plan initially was put some, try to get double Death Frenzy on the Plague Monks, put them into the Half Guard Berserkers and then hopefully both units would wipe each other out or at least get pretty close to wiping out these half guard berserkers. Um, so I didn't get Death Frenzy off, so that was off the table. And I thought, uh, Plague Monks probably aren't going to do enough by themselves. I'm pretty sure he can activate first in my combat phase for a command point or something. Um, yep, so I just ran them up. I just ran them up to three away from his berserkers, and I put a unit of clan rats next to them, and I left space for Thankful. Uh, what that meant was I got one more model within range of the objective as him. And this is going back to what I said earlier about you don't always, with Skaven, you don't always need to go into combat to plan an objective. You can get the models there um, being three inches away. And because his dwarves were quite slow, they ha- they hadn't been able to come forward enough to block, stop me from doing that. Um, so I had one more model than him in range of the central objective. And I started moving clan rats up on the left. Um, to go for his home objective, or at least to start putting pressure on it. They weren't going to get there that turn, but they started going. Uh, Thankwell moved up to just behind the string of Plague Monks, so he was able to hit about seven or eight Half-Guard Berserkers, which is a whole lot of dice. I think I rolled about 40-something dice for four-ups. I rolled real hot, got a lot of four-ups, um, Sloan with his four-up mortal wound save, managed to save quite a lot of them. So I got about seven, I think. Um, and then I got, so I scored four points um, to his three. And then I got the double turn, which really sealed it, I think. Um, so I basically did the same thing again in the middle. I just kept wrapping the plague monks and clan rats around his berserkers. I didn't charge them. I think Sloan thought I probably was going to charge them. But it's like, nah, there's no point doing that. It's you don't need to. Without combat. Exactly. Yeah. Thankwell was able to get a couple more dudes in range, so he killed about another eight half-guard berserkers. <laughs> um, I was able to get one clan rat in range of his home objective to score that one. Um, and then on the, the Volkite berserkers that had popped up nine away from me, I sent my vermin ward in and pumped him up, and he wiped out that unit. Um, and then, yeah, Sloan put his hand out and called it there. And yeah, so what I did think, he have left at the end of the game? Yeah, quite a lot. I think he could have brought it back, to be honest. Um, but at that point, I was just so glad the tournament was over. <laughs> it was a bad tournament. I was just really screwed. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I'll take it, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, bit of a stressful situation. So what was it? So after your turn two, Ed scored three points, and you'd scored how many points? Uh, I think it was ten. Yeah, so you're up ten three, and he'd lost one unit, his twenty unit Volkai, and then he'd lost most yeah. of his uh, half guard in the middle, the thirty block. Uh, not even most. I think it was about half of them, and they probably yeah. could have come in and deleted plague monks and clan rats. But... Yeah, but your plague monks would just attack when he they die anyway. No, they didn't have Death Frenzy on them. Oh, my bad, my bad. Active listening, should have done that. Um, but yeah, so you pretty much 
had a massive double turn and like yeah. you again you just went in and took off a lot of his toys and scored large and I think he might have yep. got in his head a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bit of a shock about losing that many models and going, fuck, I've lost the game. Um, we've probably all is. done it. I've had that to me before as well. And like, yeah, right. someone kills all my rats in one go, I'm just like, oh, that's it. Like, I'm lost. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but, so I get it. Yeah. I remember you, but yeah, so you went, I remember you standing like, there with that fucking grin on your face that I was like, hold up, Scott, <laughs> I gotta run around the other side of the table. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're pumped as fuck. Yeah, I was so. I was <laughs> that was. I'd, I'd been. I put a lot of pressure internally on myself just to, because I knew I could win. So I thought, yeah. oh. and I would, you know, I'm not hyper competitive. So if I hadn't won, I wouldn't have been like depressed about it or anything. But I was real stoked that I had. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. Real cool. I think the shitty thing about playing on table one in the last game is, I mean, obviously the cool thing is you're playing for the tournament. However, if you lose, you can Four drop quite far down the rankings. Yeah. So, like, for example, so Mitch won, and he was... Um, so going into round five, you were ranked one, Sloan was ranked two. Uh, so you won, and came first, obviously, and then Sloan dropped from second to seventh. So it's quite a quite a way to go. Mm. But um, no, well done on getting the win, bro. Five consistent wins, games, and so on and so forth. So that's, and you got all your second... No, all but one secondary? All but one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you had 115 tournament points. Yeah. Sorry? I think I got the most kill points I've ever got at a tournament. Something around 7,000. Yeah, you got 7,000. I think at a quick glance, haven't looked at it yet. I think Bo got the most. 8,000. Yeah, Bo got the I don't even know how many I got. I got 6,000. So that's pretty meh. Um, Yeah, so 5 0, four secondaries, unequivocal winner, which is good to see. Uh, you finish with 15. We'll just jump through the rankings quickly. We'll go through the top 10. So, Mitch, you went 5 0, 115 tournament points. Congratulations. Scott came second. We went four wins, one draw. Uh, Scott and Sloan drew on Knife to the Heart in round four. Um, that was, that was interesting. It was a, a pure draw with no kill points scored and no one getting anything. From what I understand, Scott ran up, tried to prayer off some of his dwarfs and went for a minor win. Um, Sloan didn't lose a whole unit, and then Scott just retreated out the whole game, and Sloan couldn't catch him because he doesn't have the movement. So that just ended in a draw in about twenty minutes, from what I understand. Um, yeah, both came. I looked yeah. over at one point. I saw them both. I saw Sloan looking a bit gutted. So I was like, "Oh, did, did Scott beat him?" It's like, no. There's all their, all their stuff still on the table. It looked like they'd just deployed. Yeah, that's that's over. what really when I saw it, that's what it looked like too. It was pretty much two and deployment zones and a couple of judgments out there, but you know that's how it went. Uh Bo came third, yeah. so he continues his run of podium thing at almost every event. I think he came fourth at Notorious, but third at this one of ninety eight points. He went four and one. Aiden Nickel broke his hoodoo of going three and so two. Close uh, so he went four one. Yeah, ninety five points, so he's three points behind Bo and he had the strongest strength of schedule. So he must have dropped the second yeah. which is annoying because had he had he not, he would have came third. Uh Trey Winnaker continues his his run with his spy slayers going four one, going ninety points, came fifth. Reagan, as we spoke about before, King in a three and twos, um, eighty six points in sixth place. Sloan, we just spoke about, went three one one with eighty five points, and the hardest strength of schedule yep. of the tournament, by the looks of it. Yeah, he did. Uh so good on you, Sloan. You 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 definitely <laughs> didn't get a bunny run. Uh Tubby came eighth at three and two, uh seventy eight 
uh, tournament points second highest streamer. Uh, Aiden has fifteen point eight, and I've got fifteen point seven too. Yeah, so third highest by B's dick. Uh, Rowan, so Tubby's first round opponent went three and two, seventy eight. So um, tournament points. So Tubby had the hardest shrimp schedule, and then Lee um, with his dwarfs came tenth at three and two with seventy eight points and a first. He always schedule. seems to manage to get a uh, as I said, schedule, doesn't he? I don't know how. Yeah, it's because he because he loses game <laughs> one and <laughs> submarines or something. I know. And then as I said, I finished fucking nowhere on eighteenth or something out of thirty two players or whatever we had. So um, I've got to run off quickly, lads. But quickly, what was the, what would be the one thing you'd change about your army now playing after quarter arms? Just one uh, quick thing, Tubby. Oh, okay, there you go. Which Shorter spells, shooting Tubby? phase, longer hero phase. Yeah, and I think I would change one of my slaughter priests to have the prayer where you can sacrifice models to get um, yep, blood type points. I didn't realize that was a thing. I just took sort of what the ones I knew of, so I'd probably drop Killing Frenzy, put a plus one to hit, and put that one in. Because my list is so reliant on fucking Blood Dive, and when I really needed them, I was always like one short. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I that would be the one thing I could think of off the top of my head, probably a few more. Uh, so we'll go over to the 2019 New Zealand Masters rankings now. Uh, after that tournament, they've been updated, so Bo Patterson is sitting pretty at the top by about 30 or so tournament Safe points. As fuck. Uh, Mitch Hardy, yep, he's got the INF logo as well. Mitch Hardy, who is on the show with us right now, is currently sitting second. He's about 30 points behind Bo. James Page, winner of Notorious, about 20 points behind Mitch Hardy in third. Aiden Nickel, sneaky motherfucker, that guy, is about seven, eight points, not, not even, six points, five points behind James Page at fourth. Ben Rose, uh, who is the Christchurch lad who seems to win all their Christchurch events, is sitting in fifth. He's also got the Seraphon badge. Uh, Richard Punt, whose last name rhymes with... Come on, boys. You really <gasps> dropped the ball there. Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's funny. He's in six. I don't know where Richard's based. I don't know if he's Christchurch or Auckland. Don't know you. Sorry, Richard. Uh, down south, bro. By any of that. Yeah, man. He's down south. He's also got the faction leader, Auto Draconis. So good on him. Uh, Matt Watkinson, who ran or co-ran Court of Arms, is in sixth, uh, sorry, seventh place with the Zinch badge. Tim Lind, Tron Hammer, is sitting in 8th place from Hamilton. Love you, Tim. He's got the Grand Host and the Gash badge. Lee Walmart, friend of the show sometimes, is sitting in 9th place. Um, he also he's has... The, what does he have? He's got the Tempest well, Eye badge yeah. and the Dispossessed badge. Yeah. So he's got the Sam Morgan <laughs> badge and the Dispossessed badge. Um, and then lastly, rounding up the top 10, Matt Britton, Mr. Mediocre, number 10. By a few points, he's got the Legion of Blood badge. Uh, for completeness sake, I guess, and to stroke our own egos, Tubby's in 12th place uh, with Spike badge and Daughter's badge, but he doesn't care because he's master, so he gets an auto master invite. I am currently sitting in 24th because I have had a shit four tournament season outside of Masters at CanCon. Yeah, I did win an event, but it was a tiny event. It was like eight players with no points. Um, so I'm currently not in the Masters position, but we do have one or two tournaments coming up that could maybe put me into the top 20. Um, and we'll shout out Goomboss because he's at number 20 at the moment by 10 points. So good on you, Goomboss. Uh, what's coming up next in New Zealand tournament? No, no, Sorry, no. lads. I got to go. Uh, so we've got trying to blast Morning Con. I'm not giving this do any justice. Um, Morning Con. Mitch, you want to talk about Morning Con quickly? It's a tournament you're running. Yeah, so me and Tom are running it. It's in um, Mornington, 
yeah, Brooklyn and Wellington. Uh-huh. Doing meeting engagements. Um, just doing four games one day. Got to yep. be out the venue by five, so it's going to be brisk. Yep. Um, but media engagements are super quick to play. So yeah. Is that a thousand points? On Facebook. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And when is it? Uh, good question. I think it's October eighteenth. No, it'll be October nineteenth. That's Friday. It'll be Saturday, the nineteenth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And then I am looking at running a cheeky one day two K three round tournament on the fuck me the twenty first of September, I believe it is. We're running it out of the Principal Sceneries HQ, which is in Carpety Wellington or like North Wellington, I guess. So it's between Palmy and Wellington, essentially. Uh, they have an on-site bar. Um, they are going to be providing the tables and the terrain. I'm going to bring a couple of mats. They can host up to 20 people, so the size will be limited to 20 people. Uh, that's the 21st of September, Saturday. The pack is to come, but it will be like three games, 2,000 points, one day on a Saturday. Uh, no round rules, none of that fuss. Um, it's essentially just a grab for people that want to do rankings or people want to get in another tournament and see the boys um i'm not sure about painting yet we'll go into all of that in the coming weeks when i get a pack sorted but i will announce that close of time because principal scenery will be running the tickets through their website i believe i think the price is about 25 bucks uh for early bird and six and 30 dollars for late bird which is like the week of but yeah it'll just be a, a free game 2k point tournament pretty chill try their uh, venue see if we can use it in the future bar on site so get into it boys um and just i should have said this when we we're talking about the rankings for the new zealand Warhammer major sigma rankings um for people that don't know the tournament points get locked at the end of october this is for anyone that cares obviously uh so end of october they get locked and then invites go out sort of the first week in november uh so any tournaments that happen after october uh, well october 31 uh, don't count for this year's ranking. So if you are going to tournaments and you're trying to get your eye into masters like I am, just be aware of that, guys. Um, speaking sort of more regionally to Auckland and Christchurch lads, uh, because I think the Wellington lads are somewhat aware of this. But if you're not just if you're planning a tournament, try to get in before October if you want to be counting for rankings. If not, if you don't give a fuck. Then obviously you do you. Keep being a babe. Um, anything else to add, guys? As I'm trying to blitz through the end of this i mean gets to the best <laughs> <laughs> okay cool mitch anything to say uh, uh, oh, okay okay uh and i'm not too sure when we'll be back with the next show probably a couple of weeks once we figure out a topic and the rest of it but mitch thank you very much for coming on and going over your games mate it was um great to hear how you went and how you came up against a couple of different armies oh fuck me um <laughs> Quarter arms. So sports. Who won sports? Tom Lay won sports. He got four out of five sports votes. So <laughs> big shout out to Tom Lay. Big little pucky pucky clap for you, mate. Um, yeah, Tubby here got three out of five votes as well. So I think Tubbs was second. Painting. Painting went to Ryan. Fuck, it was mint. Beautiful Zinch army. That it's it's a good looking army. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well done, Ryan. Your army looks good. Uh, Ryan actually lives with Sloan, and Sloan has quite the following on on the social media. So oh, I think yeah. Ryan lives in a shadow quite often. But Ryan is very capable. He can paint, and he can paint very well. So um, good on you, Ryan. I hope there wasn't too many issues <laughs> you got home and told Sloan that you won the painting. 
So, yeah. Otherwise, listeners, thank you for bearing with us over the show, and we'll be back in your ears in a couple of weeks. The unicorn of the Prison with crime